Hello, Michael. I have something you might like to see. Three cinephiles have come together to bring you strong opinions, controversial statements, epic battles, and plenty of fun. Introducing our host, the man who watches 52 movies a week, drinks 52 beers a movie, loves women but hates the woman, from the foreign land of Canada, our host, Mood 616. He is widely known as the man who talks too much. His worst enemies are Postmaster P and Pee Wee Herman. He said Hellraiser was overrated and Leprechaun Origins wouldn't suck. He's the full-blooded half-Mexican. JP. Finally, we have the man who doesn't talk enough. He is best friends with Sean S. Cunningham. His favorite horror movie is Gummo. He is your favorite Jew and mine, Jeremy. Together, they are known for extending a helping hand to vampircons everywhere. They are the 22 shots of moods and horror. Yes, yes, y'all, it's going down right now. Episode 144 of the 22 shots of moods and horror podcast is coming at you live. I am your host, M-O-O-D to the Z, not S-Z, motherfuckers. Yeah. And of course, I got my two singles for life up in the studio tonight. Double Shot J, a.k.a. JP, the guacamole asshole. And NES Ruler 22, a.k.a. Jeremy, the pretentious art school Jew. What's going on, boys? What's up, fellas? How am I sounding today? <laughs> oh, God, here we go. I'm back to normal. It's okay. I'm back. What I'm up? doing all right. How about you guys? Are you guys ready for some Halloween? Yeah, I'm always ready. I for am. I've, I've been ready for Halloween. This yeah. is this is this is a interesting turn of events, right? I mean, this is a a franchise that we covered way back in the day. Honestly, that episode's probably dated by now. You know, I'm not sure it's the greatest product that we could have ever put out because it was like episode 28 or something, and 29, and, and 29. Yeah, well, we still <laughs> managed to make it like 11 or 12 hours, so. Yeah, you know, I'm yeah, not sure and, if that was good content or not, but you know, whatever we tried. Yeah, um, and now a sequel has come out finally. So this is a franchise roundup, kind of. You know, it's not like our last you, one. You but say we are finally, like you really wanted a sequel to the original Halloween. You're like finally, uh, a sequel uh, to the original <laughs> Halloween. It's like, wait a minute, we already had one. You know, that's not really my ideal wish. Yeah. yeah. But I kind of, if I kind of could, understand the concept behind it. I mean, because I, here, what are you going to do? Make a sequel to no, Halloween Two? I mean, I understand where they're coming from too. By you where, know, kind where, of popping where would you pick up the franchise at if you were just going to make a sequel? Oh, I have no choice. I have to make a sequel <laughs> or a remake. You know, to be honest, I don't really know. I, you know, either way just sounds retarded. Like, we're, like, where do you go with Rob Zombie? So do you make a sequel to his films? Um, I don't know. Do you make a sequel into the original? I mean, I think it's a little bit silly. But then based on, you know, if you take it back to John Carpenter, who wasn't really happy with the original Halloween 2 sequel, if you take that into consideration, it makes sense to make this sequel 40 mm. years later type thing. You know, to, you know. Just using the fact that he didn't really care for it that much, um, I guess it's something to go off on. But I don't know. I really don't know. I. I well, when not... you like think about it, this is like the one sequel after Resurrection. Really, it's because if you take away the Halloween remakes, this is like the next sequel in the line. So, but it's not. It's not though. This is discrediting. I know. The I know. I know. Franchise. It's just Halloween too. 
But it's like after resurrection, it's like you have to come up with something else. Well, yeah. I mean, but. <laughs> I saw what you did there. Because resurrection sucks. It was, it was, yeah, because <laughs> resurrection is shit. Uh, but, but, yeah. I mean, like I said, though, man, it basically. It, it makes sense. You know, if you use the logic that Carpenter wasn't happy with his, you know, you kind of discredit the whole franchise and make the sequel. <laughs> from the original one. Fuck the fart noise are making me laugh. Um, it, it makes sense. Am I, am I happy about it? Not really. Because I don't I, think it was up to Carpenter, though. Like, cause no, no, even- no, I know it wasn't, but I'm, I'm saying using the logic from you know Blumhouse and the writers and stuff, just knowing that Carpenter wasn't happy. You know, when they came up with the idea of doing a Halloween movie, it wasn't necessarily a sequel to the original or wasn't you know, well, a continuation. Well, when they first came up with it, it was going to be a sequel to part two. So it was going to be like the first two Carpenter films were yeah. going to be included there. But I think... The problem comes with the ending. You would have to retcon the ending. Um, because there's no way you can say that Michael Myers survived Halloween 2. It's just impossible. But and he, he, he returned in 4. So he did. But, but, it's real but life, dude. they literally news. ignore the fact that you saw a skeleton. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like, fantasy world. He is super messed up in part 2. Oh, for sure. Like, there's no coming back from that. Mm-hmm. But apparently there is. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like... I don't know, man. Well, there it, there is because people complained. Yeah. About Halloween three, you know what I mean? So it's like, okay, well, you guys literally said bring back Michael Myers. So it's like we have to, to mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like you can't not like that is what it is. Like you agree by wanting him back, you're agreeing with the fact that we're going to ignore the fact that he died. <laughs> See, I you know, so what would you want? Like if you had to. You know, you're Here, responsible for a new Halloween film. Are you going to make a sequel to the original film or make one to part two? Or are you going to continue the zombie line? Or I don't I think it's impossible. Listen, to here, here's include literally the what one. I would do. And it would be probably bad. But I wouldn't make a sequel to Rob Zombie's Halloweens because you're in a really weird spot with those. Those are a product of their own. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe if you yeah, did I think it so right too. Away, I think- you could have. And the only way I would do that is if Rob Zombie made the sequel to the third one you know what i mean i would do it that way but yeah the, I've said i would that do is i would actually make a sequel to to Re- resurrection so i would make a sequel to um the end of the series and i would reference i'd be super nerdy about it i would go in and reference everything that happened i would tie together part six and h2o i would make sure that i would tie that over somehow and because uh, we remember kevin williamson's original script for h2o had jamie lloyd mentioned in that girl's report from school that like her that jamie and jamie lee curtis got all emotional because that was her daughter and stuff yeah uh so i would make that work again i would i would i would bridge that gap and i would st- i would pick the franchise back up and make a true Halloween, you know, so it's essentially a sequel to H2O, but not it's a sequel to resurrection. Yeah. Okay. Like I, I wouldn't have went in this territory, but that's just me being super nerdy, right? Like I'm a super fan of the, of the stuff, but, um, I would have kept all the, all the, but you, you, you're looking at it too, though. You know, at a certain point here, you can't really keep the original timeline anymore. You know well, what I'm did, saying? Though. No, I'm saying you can right now, but let's say 10 years from now. Can you keep the original timeline anymore? 
and well, still have Michael Myers? No, he'd be like seventy by that point. It's already yeah. like kind of a stretch now. Yeah, because like, it's because it's forty <laughs> years later, right? Like he's yeah, like there's actually a point where like you can't do it because of like the time, like the time that so, has passed. So forty years later, after so how old was Michael supposed to be 21. in the It's twenty one. So he's technically sixty one in this film right yes. now. Yes. So that's right. Um, that's pretty fucking old to be you know slashing and dashing. You know what I'm saying? It's like. <laughs> It is too old to be slashing and dashing. <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, I just, I, I find it interesting, you know, but, uh, you know, the, the consensus is right now. I mean, I've been reading through not reviews and stuff, just people's comments about the new film and, and their thoughts after they saw it and stuff. And, you know, it wasn't as positive as I was thought See, it was going to be. I'm and, seeing a hundred percent split. Yeah, it's very, very split. And you know what, what really shocked me, actually? Uh, this is kind of when I started really kind of noticing. I was on Instagram, and I was kind of flipping through. And, of course, people are posting their ticket stubs and their their minor thoughts on the film. Because everyone's kind of like, stay spoil, uh, spoiler-free, which is cool. You know, people are trying not to spoil it and stuff. And and I I came across Justin Ryan's post. And, uh, and you know, if you know who he is from YouTube, um, he's a really, really fucking huge Halloween freak. Like, he loves Jamie Lee Curtis. He's his favorite franchise, favorite movie, all that stuff. He didn't really care for it that much. And I thought that was pretty interesting. And I was like, wow, you know, not going. No, I am. I am seeing a lot of like hardcore fans not like it, but I'm seeing a lot of hardcore fans like it as well and and really defend it. For sure. Yep. Yeah, I've been seeing that too, but I was there was just a few people out there who was very shocked, you know. So, but yeah, I'm seeing a lot. I'm seeing it, it's like interesting how I'm seeing it because it, like I said, it's really split. Like some people, and it comes down to like some people are super okay with certain things that happen, and some people are just not. So mm-hmm. it's like it's not like people are like the movie sucks because this. And it's like a bunch of invalid stuff or the movie's awesome because of this. And it's a bunch of stuff that they're being fanboys about. Yeah. It's actually just like you either like that stuff or you don't. Yeah, I agree, man. That's kind of what I'm seeing. I think I think we'll get into more of that when, you know, we do the actual feature review. So, yeah, but uh, but yeah. So any interesting you know, from your experience at the hall at the uh, at the theater? Nothing um, too extreme this time. No, nothing <laughs> crazy. I mean, I went, <laughs> I went, I was like really hyped for it. I bought tickets in advance. I, I watched the first three Halloweens uh, before I went. I wanted to watch H2O just to get the like Jamie Lee's in there. Um, but I didn't get to, to get a chance to watch H2O because uh, I got really tired. Um, and then we went to the theater and we it was really busy in there. It was like super packed. I bought a $5 and 75 cents, like Starbucks iced coffee, like in yeah. a can. That was really mm-hmm. expensive. And I Whoa, bought in a seven, 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 seven dollars and 50 cent nachos. It! God damn it, dude. You fucking, you blew your whole paycheck on two items. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> expensive, man. Yeah. Damn. It man. was. And the ticket was, you know, Eleven dollars. Well, I gotta say, so, man. Yeah, I but I wanted to do it big. I wanted. I was like, you know, I I've never get nachos. I love nachos, but I don't get nachos at movie theaters because they're mad expensive. Got to get the jalapenos, by the way. 
But I was like, yeah, I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna splurge because this is fucking Halloween, man. And so we went to the best theater that we have. I got the most expensive damn items besides like a full pizza, which would have been like, I don't know, probably three thousand dollars if I had to guess. And um, yep. you know, we 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 was ready for it. And honestly, they they didn't play that many trailers. They played Glass, um, yep. but they they I didn't get the Happy Death Day to you. You didn't get the Escape Room, the eighteen thousand Escape Room film to come out. I don't think uh, I got I that think one. I got I got, uh, I got Glass, which I didn't think looked yeah. very good. Um, I thought it looked. I didn't get not the vibe. Uh, no, definitely not. But I didn't get the vibe. I, this trailer didn't, didn't really turn me on that much. I got the happy death day to you. And I thought that trailer was utter like <laughs> trash. We actually, I burst out laughing. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> this trailer was horrible. Jeremy, what the fuck are you saying? What? You said that you fucking thought the trailer looked okay. I thought it looked okay. It was pretty much a recap of the first film. Yep. And you know, it's I, Back I, to the Future meets Happy Death Day. <laughs> okay, you know what else cracked me up, man? In the fucking trailer for the new Happy Death Day movie, they literally spoiled the first movie in the trailer. Yeah, no. They gave who away the, the killer. They yeah. said it in dialogue. Oh, it was my roommate, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, what the fuck? I look over at Dylan, we burst a laugh, and I'm like, well, there's something you don't see every day. A blatant spoiler in a fucking trailer like that. Anyways, I thought it was I thought it was trash. But I will say though. But I will say they actually did show okay, a lot of trailer. But I'll the, stop. the Queen, the Queen trailer for uh, you know the Bohemian the biopic of Bohemian Rhapsody looked pretty cool. No, I yeah, I know I've JP said, said he wanted been, to see that. Well, I'm a I've big been fan saying of that. Let's see the, they the showed history. that trailer for like so long ago. Yeah, I've been. I'm a big fan it. of Queen, and I, I just it's finally like bringing that too. story to the just, to the big screen. I, so I, I that's fucking awesome. I'm really excited. I for just it. think like the history of that movie is kind of interesting because originally um, it was supposed to be Sasha Baron Cohen was supposed to like write it and play Freddie Mercury and everything like yeah. that. But he wanted to do a story that was more about Freddie's, you know, darker aspects. Oh, of course. Uh, he about wanted, his he life. He wanted to do it about his like sex know, life and sex all the crazy life. stuff that he did in his life. And Queen was like, well, fuck that. And so, I, I understand that. Like what they that to me, that's like. That's your, my boy. You know what I mean? If they're going to be like, I don't want to show the world this side of well, – I want him to be painted in the, as good a light as possible. Of course, man, because a lot of people don't that's know cool, the though. whole Freddie Mercury story. Why do you, why do you want to introduce them just to that side yeah. of them? Show yeah. the good side. I mean in the trailer, they literally – you know, the Freddie Mercury actors, you know, one of the lines was, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm just – what about my sex? I'm just – I just sing or I just play in a band kind of thing, right? It's like who cares about that other shit? But isn't that what it's all about? Yeah, it fucking is. Who cares about yeah. that other shit. Yeah. So I, it's just, I, I thought it was part of his life. Like cold chills. I just think if you're like, doing if you're doing a biopic on his life, you have to talk about that stuff because it. But it's not about Freddie Mercury. It's about the band. Yeah. Well, it's, it's not, about Freddie Mercury too, but he's in the yeah. band. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. If they don't it, want the it focus, to be about that. They want it to be about Queen. It, that's what I'm saying. It's about Queen. It's not about strictly. And that's what I liked about the NWA movie, too, is that they didn't focus on the solo careers of all the megastars in NWA. They focused on NWA's story. Mm. Right? That's why that movie worked so fucking well. And that was the first thing I said when I walked out of the cinema. I was like, they did that one properly because they didn't focus on solely Ice Cube and just exploit, you know, all the, you know, all those things and, you know, Easy's life. Because Easy's fucking, you could make a crazy story about his life. 
right? Mm-hmm. As you could if you focused directly on Freddie Mercury. But this is about the band Queen, like, you know, straight out of Compton was NWA. And I like that because I think there's a lot of, you know, interesting stuff there to tell. So if you know anything about Queen. Yeah, I, I I just like it gives it gave me like goosebumps, you know, like when yeah. you see like how they put you know came together and like can't created music and stuff. It's it's dope, but it's true. It's true story, man. They when they weren't getting played and shit, they're like, man, we need to experiment. And that that mentality created some of the most memorable music of all time. A very you know? unique music too. It's yeah, like you would on paper you'd be like, this ain't gonna do shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. This ain't, you're this nine hour song. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's gonna play this on the radio. <laughs> I listen to nine hour long songs. I yeah, like nine hour really? long songs. Okay. What's wrong long. with long songs? Nothing. I'm not I'm just saying it's like society doesn't really listen to like a seven minute song on the radio, you know what I mean? Well that's, like that's what that's why all those long like. ass songs always had radio edits, right? They'd be cut yeah, in half, so yeah. But yeah. um, so, but no, I gotta say though, man, getting back to the Halloween thing, you guys are fucking dicks, and I hate when you prove me wrong. It drives me fucking nuts. I'll be the first one to admit this. I was actually proved wrong because, so obviously the listeners out there don't know the story, but um, I think Jeremy had messaged <laughs> oh, yeah. Jeremy had messaged Jeremy had messaged and said the fuck he's like Halloween's rated 14A in Canada, and I was like, well, yeah, a lot of times the in quebec the rating system will be a lot lower that's just the way they fucking do it or whatever like and, i was looking like all these movies are like g that are like hardcore films in quebec i'm like what the fuck's <laughs> going on in quebec they're just like oh we yeah, don't need this it's they like, have their own system thing going on there it's weird but anyways so i was like no there's no fucking way halloween's gonna be rated 14a i'm like it's a halloween movie most horror films you know out here you know they get the normal rating of their natural r and so i went on you know my my app here and it said r get to the theater and Dylan grabbed his ticket before me and he comes over and he's like, dude, it's 14 a, I was like, no fucking way. (laughs) And then I look around and there's nothing but kids in there. Right. I'm like, Oh fuck. Yep. See assholes prove me wrong. I don't know how that movie doesn't get an R it's violent enough to warrant an R, but that kind of leads me into, you know, the cinematic experience for me, you know, it wasn't that full. Because we went on a Thursday night to school night. We went to the late show, too, which started at 9.45, which I was like, okay, I, I didn't pre-buy my tickets and stuff because, you know, it's late enough. And I, I was right. I called it right. There was probably 50, 60 people in the theater, which is – it looks pretty empty because the cinema that we were in is actually a really big one. And uh, But I would say 75% of them were 14 to 16-year-olds. And I was like, oh, my God. And, of course, there was that commentary – girls have to comment on everything and you know every time someone died to be like oh you know just that fucking shit like but just so obviously lame you know i was like oh come on man so that went out th- through the whole film i kind of got over it halfway through dylan i think it annoyed the shit out of him through the whole movie because he was you know sitting the seat over for me because we don't sit right next to each other and rub each other's legs we actually don't do that so but it was uh, like a it was a great brisk night for me and the, a lot of the people that were there for the most part seemed pretty pretty chill there mm. was some clapping going on and stuff like that and people being a little hype and uh there was a lot of people that had halloween shirts on like tons like and one thing that i normally don't see that often is like whenever like we go see hereditary or something all of us go outside the theater stand outside and talk about it for a little bit 
you never see anybody else do that really but this there were all these different circles of people talking about it which i thought was neat yeah i had heard you know through the grapevine i want to say sam said it again sam you're a fucking goddamn liar i mean he's not really lying i guess there was something there but we waited for like the post credits and of course, one other person stood around. It was me and Dylan sitting in our seats, and one really, of the guys... there was like half of the theaters like stayed oh. in there for me. Well, dude, it was like I said, there was fourteen to six year olds. They don't give a shit about. It. They probably don't even know that this is a fucking sequel to the original Halloween. And I bet you fucking bucks they didn't. Mm-hmm. And um, so yeah, we stuck around to the end, and you know, got the what we got at the end there. But one other guy, that was it. One guy. And he was a total super nerd boy because he knew everything. He was like naming off everything. He like knew everything. He was wearing a Halloween shirt. Then I like looked at me and Dylan. I'm like, we're both wearing Halloween shirts too. So we were kind of in the same yeah. fandom geek. Uh, but, you know, that was it. That was it. Like there was not any major shit that went on in this. But I don't know. I'm sure last night was probably a lot more busy Friday night and shit. But it seems like it's yeah. been doing pretty well where Jeremy is. It's like every fucking... What, every showing sold out or something? Or not? Yeah. Maybe Jeremy? He's, I, you know what he's doing? He's pulling that dreidel out of his asshole right now. You doing yeah. that, Jeremy? Pulling it out? Plugging it out? God damn. Can you hear me? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. It's fucking crushing it. It was sold out everywhere around here. Yeah, it's good, though. It's good. It is good. Maybe it shows that we'll get a new fucking nightmare or something. Well, I'm glad... Yeah, that, that's... What I was hoping for that this would like push. I mean, Friday's in its own situation right now, but That's why I can say we could even maybe we see a return to Chainsaw in the theater. You know what I mean? But the Nightmare series isn't in that same. I mean, they could redo something with that, you know. But it's just not happening. What make a sequel to the original? <laughs> Which actually wouldn't be a bad idea. Yeah, look at this. Maybe, maybe they'd make the right I, sequel. I, this I time. think prequel might be a good idea. Every single showing was sold out today that's one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve you have to click your mouse every time you fucking count mm-hmm. just because it pisses you, just, you off you just clicked it 12 fucking times uh-huh why don't you get like a good mouse i do have a good mouse yeah one of most those ones that doesn't mouse, click most good mice don't do that yeah most mice do do that so you know when you fucking oh. click oh man you don't even know um, but <laughs> I fucking get one of those touchpads. You know, you, just, you touch the thing with your finger and it just goes. And yeah, man, you don't need a mouse. Oh, yeah, grab a good keyboard too. Yeah, you picked the loudest one, man. Loudest <laughs> one. But yeah, it's um, ironic, isn't it? I I knew that it was gonna like doing pretty freaking well when my theater was like close to sold out for the seven o'clock showing on Thursday. Yeah, because that normally doesn't happen. Nobody really buys their tickets in advance out this way. Yeah. I'm just surprised fucking 12 showings sold out. That's pretty insane. Yeah, that is insane. Yeah. And by the way, tonight when we talk about the movie, guys, the first part will be spoiler free. All right. Yeah. So if you want to, you know, listen to the, the spoilers, it'll be after Jeremy's pointless rant at the end. So that's when we'll get into it. Two, two of our four showings was sold out tonight. God damn it! Yeah, sorry about the rain, guys. What the fuck? Is, the man, hail's not supposed to come back. That's a bullshit. As as JP would say, that's a bullshit. Bullshit. But um, yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, let's uh, let's move this along, I guess. Um, 
since it's only been a few days in between recordings, so we don't really have a lot more to say, but uh, we will uh, move along and let's get into some news. No. We'll do it live! Fuck it! Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! Alright, some news. So first news is there's only five seats available for uh, my 10 o'clock or my 9 o'clock showing. So that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, um, and then I scrolled down. There's another theater that had 10 sold-out showings and another one had four. So shit's crushing it. Yeah, that's, that's insane. Alright. Jesus, so much loud rain. I, I do apologize, like I said. but uh, So, quickly here, um, Quiet Place announced that uh, the guy who wrote it, John Kraskinski, um, he is currently writing a sequel. So, the Paramount has dated this film for May 15th, 2020. And Krasinski, who I, who's better known as Jim from The Office... Uh, had ha, is the one who's writing it and um he said i had a small idea for a sequel but i didn't think it would go anywhere so i said to the studio just go do the movie with somebody else um they said uh the hollywood reporter said what changed he said they heard some pitches and i told andrew about this little idea and he told me he think to think about it a, a little longer and then i thought this might really work, so I'm writing. A, I'm currently writing a sequel. Huh. Okay. Which I didn't think would really happen. Yeah, but you I, know, it, I mean, I thought it would happen, like because it made money, but like, yeah. I just didn't think that they would. I don't know. It's weird, man. So are they? Are they is it a sequel or is it a prequel? It sounds like a sequel. Yeah, I think sequel. Hmm. Because I, I mean, it makes sense if you like go to a different family or something. I mean, it's yeah, you can definitely write it as a sequel pretty easy, but you know, prequel would be interesting. Yeah, you see how it all went down. Exactly, yeah. exactly what we're dealing with here because it was mm-hmm. kind of a gray area in that film. Interesting. All right. Uh, after that, talk about sequels. Um, Bloody disgusting posted this, and they said. They think John Carpenter may have just teased a potential They Live sequel. So, uh, basically, they were, John was talking to Den of Geek, and the idea of refashioning They Live came up, and Carpenter said, well, I'm not going to tell you about that because it's it might be closer to reality than you think. Uh, the interviewer then brought up a remake that had been in development at one point to which John Carpenter replied, there was a feature film. It was a feature film called Resistance, written by, oh, the guy who did the Apes movies, yeah. Matt Reeves. But then he moved on, and so, the se- so, and so the sequel is, well, we'll see. We'll just have to see. So it sounds like he just spoiled the fact that they might be working on a sequel. Like, and Does intent- anybody really want to see a sequel to They Live besides fans of horror like, yeah, I have a feeling probably. that movie isn't going to make like any money. It's, like, super relevant, though. 
You know what I mean? They live is like really. Yeah, ahead of but it's time. like is the is the name they live gonna fucking sell tickets? Oh, here we go again with they this conversation. It it's but. true, dude. It's just like Nightmare Cities would totally fucking just shit the bed and not make the money. Well, based dude, that's on the not name. necessarily. It just depends how you market it. Because well, that's we'll, just your thoughts, though. Get, do I think it will get a bump from the fact that it's a sequel to They Live? Probably, probably not much of a bump. It won't but even be marketed as a fucking sequel. I bet, Jeremy. Not. They'll fucking market it as as a f- original film, but the hardcore people will know that it's a sequel to Carpenter's They Live film, starring the one and only Piper. And that he said, "Well, that that's where I was ga- kind of leading to." I'm like, man, yeah. like seeing a They Live film without fucking Roddy 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 Piper is. I don't know, well, it's man. Just, it's just the concept, right? Like, you could do the concept again and it necessarily not be a remake. Yeah. Set it in present day, you know. Uh, make a reference or two to the previous one. Sort For of sure. like a... What, sure. what they call... What do they call it now? A soft reboot? That's what it's called, where you kind of like... Oh, these you technical terms. the original, but you... It's pretty much like... For sure. And, that, and that's what they would have to do. And that's what they have. And they, and they would market it as an Jesus original Christ. film. Jesus, you're even fucking. This is like not even going to be you, Kansas. You do Kansas. realize you're fucking this whole show up, right? I'm totally going to be sucked up in a tornado, I think, dude. Oh, you're talking <laughs> about JP. I thought, I thought I did something. My heart stopped there for a second. No. I was like, what did I do? No, that's actually. Because yeah, usually when I fuck effects. up, it's usually my fault. Those are real sound effects in the background. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The cheapest kind. I already lost my sound effect privileges. So. The cheapest kind. But yeah, you know. I don't know, like, yeah, Jerry. If they marketed this thing as a sequel to they, people be like, I think that's, I think that's going to defer people from seeing it, because mm-hmm. especially the younger generation, because they're like, what the fuck is they live and who's Roddy Roddy Piper, you know? And they got nothing to go on, go on. So I think if you market it as a film, it's called They Live. I think it'll do fine. It's a fucking good idea. Like the, you know, the storyline yeah, They super, Live is relevant. Like- relevant now that idea will especially always be with relevant. like fake news and media and yeah. stuff like that you and know you like how that's become a thing i mean that type of movie is perfect to come into a world right now where that shit is beyond relevant yeah right that's what kind of makes the world go around and sink yeah time. and it's cool to see carpenter you know like a player right now you know like well, didn't I, th- he, I think it was cool that blumhouse pulled him in there didn't he also hint at the fact that there may be a sequel to prince of darkness also uh, TV yeah series. tv series or tv series but still it's more carpenter stuff yeah based stuff yeah, which is dude. which is always a good thing so again mm-hmm. you know i don't get overly hyped on the whole tv series thing because to me it, it's becoming kind of a i think it's getting it's drowning itself out like the 2000s did with zombie films you know there's just too fucking much tv horror i mean i thought i didn't really say that but give me a break here i mean mm-hmm. are we really keeping just, up on I all these really tv just, series they're turning every the show and movie into a tv series and it's like there's no possible it's actually way. slowed down a little bit a little bit i think that's also the fact that some of those series didn't work out right like yeah. jeremy was asking about the purge and like I, some people said it was fucking terrible and he didn't even know it even aired <laughs> you know no i knew it aired i was just wondering if it was any good or not. oh okay but still but still you hadn't checked it out so and you're yeah a fa- it's and you're impossible a not to know that it aired when they fucking literally tell you it's when it's in the middle of the yeah, trailer fucking yeah, I guess so, right? <laughs> yeah. fucking assholes those fucking bitches man that yeah. pissed me off more than well everybody's seen my review by now but that pissed me off more than anything fucking yeah. pre-promotion bullshit in the middle of your film why did this take the credit away from all the people who worked on your movie by slapping an advertisement in the middle of the fucking credit it doesn't bother me at all 
at all, but Jesus. You know, it's no different. It's no different when you're watching a film by a certain director and then they've got posters for their other films and they're, you know, it's just, it's shameless self-promotion, but at the same time, I don't mind seeing that's that because. That's different though. That's not like making like a clear blatant statement like, oh, don't forget to watch our TV series. No, but yeah, it but still is the, reminding you. credits. Who gives a fuck? But I mean, it's still reminding you within the film that, hey. People who worked on that movie came fucked. But it's not like they took them out of the credits, put this in, and then never put them back. It just like paused the credits. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, yeah. <laughs> it's. It's like if whenever you have like a bonus clip in the middle of the credits, right? Like whenever fucking okay. I don't know the Avengers or something, they do that all the time. Oh, we don't talk about Avengers uh, on here, man. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think that it's cool to see somebody. You know, when George died, you we just talked about it last week about certain projects that he was working on and stuff like that. You love to see it. You love to see these people get an opportunity to kind of have, even if it's, even if it's not straight up directing the movie, like I'm so glad that Carpenter was involved in this Halloween just to like, you know, like we still appreciate you. We still take what you have to say seriously. We still believe in, in your abilities and stuff like that. Maybe not to the extent of, of handling a full $20 million movie, you know, but you're still important. You're, you're, yeah, thought it process was, is valuable to us. It was more about, you know, getting the okay from Carpenter on the story. Yeah. And also him for me, the big thing was him just doing the music. You know, that was yeah. enough. That was enough for me. I mean, that's just showing, you know, he's he's the guy, you know. That was one of the best parts of the movie. The score was that, literally awesome. the fucking first thing we said. In the cinema, after when the credits are rolling, I was like, "Man, the score is fucking awesome." <laughs> yeah. yeah, we'll talk more about that later because I definitely have some things to say about that. But yeah, so. But yeah, so cool, man. I'm all for some more Carpenter stuff. I mean, anyway, moving on here. Uh, so a couple of news articles came out last week uh, about the wrong turn films and how there might be a new film. We talked about that, but it seems to be, we were like not sure what it was going to be. Um, apparently it is going to be a reboot of sorts. So, um, the, it's basically going to be, um, the, uh, the franchise creators actually coming back to pen the remake and the Mike Nelson who did the domestics, is going to be directing says the updated version is described as a timely and topical meditation on society and its issues A cross country hiking expedition puts a group of friends in the land of an elusive society um, or an inclusive society where they soon discover they are under a different role of law and may not be the victims. They thought they were sounds like deliverance, um, <laughs> but yeah, so that kind of bums me out because we we're on such a streak with those six films of, of well, sequels. If you want us to do it, patreon.com slash 22 shots podcast. Yeah, but wait till this one comes out. I don't feel like doing another franchise round. I'm going to pause. Well, we're going to have to do it anyway. I'm going to pause the show and just segregate that. <laughs> a little shameless <laughs> thing there. Um, yeah, reboot or remake. You said the dreadful remake word. It, it just Sounds sucks right. to me because, okay, here's the here's the pros and cons, right? The pro or the cons are that it's like we had a franchise. There's nothing wrong with like the, how it was going. Like, yeah, there was one really bad one, but they were like fun direct to video movies. They like they weren't 
amazing at all, right? They were they were okay, but it was cool anytime it's like, oh, new wrong turns out. Like, let me go to the local Walmart and and buy the new one here and see what's up. I like that about them. Now, the pro of rebooting it is that it's probably going to have a lot more money behind it and actually be like an attempt at making a, you know, actual like solid solid movie with money. Yeah. But another con is the fact that well, we've already seen that story. Yeah. <laughs> and it was it was pretty good the first time. It's, prob- it's not that old. It's only 2003. It probably has something to do with, you know, them watching, you know, the fans and the people reviews everything. I mean, four, you know, four five well, I guess I guess part three, four, five, and six never really got the best of reactions. Well, part you know? six had that controversy. Part six had that controversy. Well, and, and, and that's what I was leading up to. And, and of course, part six had the whole usage of the picture in there and stuff, which probably set them back a little bit financially because they did get sued. I don't they know. Normally, what, they normally kill it, right? Yeah. So, so something. So yeah. So something happened there. Um, maybe that has something to do with it. I don't know. But you got to admit though, like part three. Four or five, they, they didn't get the best of reviews and shit. So well, three is just complete dog crap. Yeah, and know? four and four was a very mixed bag. Uh, I liked four. I liked part five where most people hated it. I thought part I five was just a ball it. of fun, man. And I six, didn't see five. six was okay. You know, it was an all right film. It was kind of in between on that one. But you know, since part two, they kind of went downhill. So I mean, you got to look at it like that too. Why make a part seven if we can just reboot the original? I don't know. I haven't seen any of them, so you haven't seen really? the first I, one. I absolutely love nope. the first one. Like if we did, if two thousand three pops up on the the next top ten, don't say that, bro. What? Why do you want to do two thousand and three? There's two good films. Yeah, two thousand. Really? So. I don't even know what. Wrong Turn just... and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Well, what else came out in two thousand? Th- there's more films into it, but not. It's not going to make a great top ten list. Put it that really? way. Really? Because I, I know that. Oh no, dude! The House of a Thousand, Dead End, Final Destination Two, Freddy vs. Jason, Tale yeah. of Two Sisters, Switchblade Romance. Dude, there's tons of good movies. Gozo, Willard remake. Willard House remake's great. I love Willard remake. Open well, from water. that list, it sounds pretty top heavy. <laughs> yeah, Man. Uh, yeah, it, it kind of classic moods reviewed. But which one? Monster Man. I reviewed it. Too. Oh, oh, Monster was... Man. Yeah, that act. Man, yeah, that's big, coming in at number 10. Big shout out to uh, Mikey Fisher for that one, man. That was Flesh for the Beast. Fun shit, man. Yeah. Fun shit. But but anyway, so. Mimic 3, Shark Zone. Uh, you know what? Digging, digging through it, man. There's probably, I mean, there's like a million films that came there's out. A so sure there's a solid top 10. Yeah. It's it's like okay. Speed Demon, which I reviewed. Yeah. But anyway, so. Wrong Turn. I really like the original Wrong Turn. And I like part two. But see, Wrong Turn the original is the only like non cheesy serious one. And that's why I like it a lot. Like wrong turn two is cheesy and over the top. And most of the sequels are too. I don't remember part two being that cheesy, but your definition of cheesy is different than mine. It's over the top. But over the, is me, over the top over the cheesy top though? Lantern is cheesy. But I don't associate over the top with being cheesy unless you know, that type of cheddar falls into that cat. I don't know. See, I I agree with you that they're not exactly the same, but they emit the same kind of response slash emotion for me 
whenever I see something that's over the top or I see something that's overly cheesy. Sometimes I'm more forgiving on cheesy than over the top. See, sometimes over the top can be a good and bad thing without the cheese. And I don't know. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like you can it's interpret fine, it differently. It's like a fine uh, yeah. recipe. You have to like, you got to have a little bit over top, not too much. You know, you want to sprinkle a little cheese on there, but you got to stir right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. There's no debating on part three. That movie is just bad. Yeah, it's... I remember when I first started watching it in like the green screen. The fucking like, the oh. CG in that oh, shit. Don't, is don't so, get me started it's on green so screen. Bad. Bro. It's so bad. I've had to watch a few of these fucking piece of shit Mikey Fisher films that it's all green screen the entire fucking movie. So don't, please don't give me that shit about <laughs> green screen, bro. I had to watch yet another one this week with fucking green screen. That's funny. Fucking dickhead. Um, after that, our old pals movie pass and uh, Neil Marshall who we know from The Descent and Dog Soldiers, are partnering to make a horror film called The Reckoning. Which is like, what the hell? How like Did they not go bankrupt yet? Like, they're making movies still? I finally got my refund. I know, I was, I was happy about that. I was surprised that you got yeah, it. Yeah, explain this to me. What because it's not, it's not like they went and got a fucking loan to make a movie after they just went bankrupt. They've done other movies. They did that. Uh, no, but yeah. Jeremy, but Jeremy, they just their whole company just like making films after doesn't that seem a little bit strange to you well i read that live nation was gonna buy them i can see making movies while you have this movie pass coming you know things are going well and shit but after the fact they're giving refunds where they where how they funding this shit they're only giving refunds because they changed their terms and conditions too many times and And i think legally they like have to at that point yeah so you got yours jeremy yeah finally jp you got yours i didn't know he was monthly I was monthly, so I don't. Oh, need of course, he was fucking monthly. What are they offering now? Like, how is the, is it still the same as the yep. system? Three the movies same? every three movies a month, and it's based off a select bunch of movies. Yeah, see, that's awful. That was the yeah. thing that killed it for me. Was yeah. the, the, they're picking what I can watch at that point? Yeah, I didn't like that. That's so, but Neil Marshall's a big dog. You know, he's he's. Uh, I think last I heard, he was working on like Game of Thrones and stuff, right? I don't know. I don't know. I thought so. I haven't heard but his name anyway. In a yeah, so that's happening. Pretty crazy. Um, and then after that, we had an announcement for Evil Dead Two on 4K, which was pretty cool. Yeah, and guess what? Mill Creek is getting into the 4K game now. So that's when when you get the budget companies starting to get in the game. Why? You what know, are they shit. releasing? Yeah, but some, you know what? Some some documentaries bullshit, but they're still releasing 4K. You gotta so remember, that means Mill Creek is a budget company. They're a budget company, but they fucking. I don't think they put out kind of budget releases and shit, but I think they have money. Yeah. You know, because they put out so much shit, right? You know, so yeah, they got well, they got to have some type of bank role there. Well, uh, the, like the problem, the thing is, is like those titles sell. Like, yeah, that's buy those all yeah. the time. They're cheaper titles. I think they're just doing it right, man. They just kind of they well, they're put in this kind they're of in big releases. box Walmart, and they yeah. have like they the mainstream type of people is like yeah. the type of stuff that you would buy. Yeah, they have the traffic. They have their shit where the traffic is. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's a lot of impulse. I mean, let's face it, you're at Walmart and shit. You're like, oh, that movie's. Three ninety nine, fuck yeah, picking up that yeah. shit, right? So I mean, that's pretty much how it works. But did you see? I think was it Mill Creek is getting into the. They're putting all those big box VHS slash Blu rays. They're not big boxes. Yeah, but they're not they're just big VHS. Box. They're just VHS cover arts. Oh, the, 
what? They're not in big boxes? I no, they're just they're it's... just slip cases that look like VHS covers. Oh, for fu- I thought the I thought the article said like big box. No, they just look like. Oh, I thought even red big box, man. Well, that's fucking disappointing because I mean the only movie I was really interested in was Happy Birthday to Me, but it's disappointing, man. I swear it even. Yeah, sh- it's just a sip cover. It says uh, Mill Creek Entertainment has confirmed that is prepping a new Blu-ray release of. Cult slasher, happy death, happy birthday to me, not death day, uh, which will arrive with a special retro VHS packaging slip cover and will be sold exclusively at Walmart on October 30th. Yeah, shit, man. I swear in the picture it even showed like a tape coming out the side and shit. Fuckers. Oh, no, it's just design. Like, it just, just looks the, yeah, like that. It's That's just like a slip cover. They're already there. They already have some of those there, but it's yeah. this one's different. Well, it's not different. It's just like an, uh, they're making a point to. Oh yeah, like, now when I really look at it, it, totally. <laughs> yeah, that's just the design. Of the ah, shit, I didn't really even look twice at it, but I don't like the cover that they use for Happy Birthday to me. Like, on yeah, the Blu-ray. That's, that, I might that, just get it because it's like a single disc. It's not like the double pack that. Yeah, like, yeah, I might, I might get it too, as long as like not ridiculous money. If it's like ten bucks, I'd get it. Um, better if it was like seven fifty five. But I was thinking about this. Like Mill Creek owns some titles. Like if they could, they should try to target the collector's edition market too. Like get some features for that. Happy birthday to me. You know, get a cool cover art. They they'd be able to sell that. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I think some but, of their releases have features. Some of those Blu-rays. Hmm, okay. Yeah. Anyway, uh, continuing along here, we got. Uh, the last two bits of news here are both involving our two Halloween creators, David Gordon Green and Danny McBride. So Danny McBride is over there talking about um, uh, how he wants to do – he'd like to make a Critters slash Ghoulies movie, which is just just something. Critters slash Ghoulies. Yeah, like either of those. <laughs> Which is just funny. Like that's a you're like kind of on top of the world right now, right? And it's like, oh yeah, I, th- I would really like to do a Ghoulies movie. <laughs> you know, it just seems like I'm sure it would be the greatest Ghoulies movie ever made because your your height isn't that high. Um, well, it can't be any worse than the fucking Charlie Band ones. One. Yeah, the first one is awful. The third one's awful. The fourth one's awful. The second one's actually good. But it's cool that I appreciate that he likes Ghoulies. <laughs> it's just something cool about that to me. Hmm. But that's that's funny. And Danny McBride is over there talking about how he wants to maybe do a soft reboot to the Phantasm franchise. So he's like, um, basically, uh, he says, what did he even say? Hold on. Sorry. This article is, uh, yeah, he basically just said that he would like to do a soft reboot. Okay. Soft reboots. Oh, Reboot. That's giving me a softy. Fuck. Yeah. It's funny because Bloody Disgusting actually says here, they're like, rather than outright remaking a classic movie, studios have figured out that the soft reboot is much less offensive to fans, oh <laughs> which is God. totally true. It's totally true, though. People don't get nearly as mad. Uh yeah, I guess he was just asked um, if, you know, like in in a Reddit, ask me anything. Um, they were like, what what movie would you think would be good for a soft reboot? And he was like, Phantasm. 
So, yeah. and they also mentioned Chopping Mall and Sleepaway Camp. Mm. I don't want to say Sleepaway Camp. I honestly don't agree with Phantasm at all. I think it's perfect the way it is. I don't think it needs to be redone at all. I don't think it needs to be redone, but like I don't know. They said they mentioned. I think there was rumors going around that there might be a Phantasm Six in the works. Mm-hmm. Um, I would be cool with that. I wouldn't hate a remake, honestly, because there's a lot you could do with that subject matter. And if you had a budget, man, you know, that would be pretty cool. And at this point, you know, the Angus Scrim can't come back. So it's it kind of makes sense to that you would be able to start over. Um, but I well, think maybe that- he can. Maybe maybe Coscarelli has all this unused footage, like how they made Phantasm <laughs> Four. <laughs> what is this return to sleepaway camp or whatever the fucking fourth one fifth it's one, still one of the called. trippiest things i've ever seen in a film before like it's when amazing you first, when you first watch it you're like what the fuck dude where did yeah. this footage come from like i haven't seen I was, this before no, i never i never even thought that like like i, I did. didn't I think like, like i was just like how the hell did they make mike like how did they get young like who is that who's playing this kid like <laughs> i didn't even realize it was just old well, footage or like my first it's weird my first thought was i don't remember any of these scenes from the because they're because like when you think of like, like flashbacks right and i'm like these aren't in the first film what the fuck i'm like yeah well when you think of like unused footage you think of like just like a scene of people like walking down the road having a conversation you don't think of like an entire death sequence you know what i mean yeah you don't think yeah. of like an entire elaborate like it's usually just like an outtake like you know like an extra scene of of uh you know you know, the, like, like nothing that big. So this is really cool that that existed. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, really, yeah. I really appreciated Phantasm much more as an adult when I realized, oh wow, like this was really creative and kind of an ingenious way to make a sequel out of like no money. Well, isn't the Phantasm franchise more for like adults, anyways? Yeah, doesn't kind of make sense. Kid, I- but I'm, I'm just saying, like in general, it just yeah. it seems like it's more of a grown up franchise. That makes I mean, sense. I saw it when I was a kid, loved it. And it probably but, made absolutely no sense to you. And some people are probably even saying right now, it still doesn't make any fucking yeah. sense. It's, it's really not that complicated, to be honest. It's a little bit complicated. It's definitely one of those films you don't watch. Like, if once you listen then, to Brandon's, Brandon on when Exploding Heads, he was pretty confused. Yeah, but Brandon gets confused about everything. He's confused about he his does. sexuality, he doesn't too. Have- he doesn't. Brandon doesn't know how to, which version of of, of a Italian movie to watch. He like yeah. he has like a aneurysm over it. He's he like, does. I don't know which one to watch. <laughs> it's so true. He's like, do I do it with subtitles, without subtitles, with English, with Italian audio? With, with <laughs> um, was it dubbed? Was it not? <laughs> but uh, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, it, I I would be okay with. Uh, a phantasm reboot um which if they're doing a soft reboot it would be like still kind of a sequel i'm not really okay if they're still talking about making another phantasm film so i don't just, know man. just let that we happen. might need to we might need to take the we might need to force phantasm away from coscarelli i was really disappointed with five yeah i mean it wasn't good man yeah i I know he wasn't the man fully directing it, but I mean, he was still, yeah, I don't know. 
I feel like it was more because they just didn't have money, though. Well, I I, I think that's hard to use as as an excuse because you didn't really have money with part three or four. And I mean, a lot of people. Yeah, but times have definitely changed when it comes to not having money. Yeah, it's just different. Like for sure. I don't know. But but I still think there's a vision there with Costco. I think if you take the vision because he's the visionary, right? I mean, I still think there was a core story there. I think the visuals and just the execution wasn't exactly how it probably was thought to be you know what i'm saying like i mean coscarelli has that whole universe in his mind you can't take that away from him i'm not saying that someone else's vision couldn't be just as good but you know i think that's what's going to work for part six anyways at least yeah all right so that's the news Fucking thing sucks. All right, so uh, moving along, JP. Do you um, you got a knowledge segment this week? Yeah, just just something brief that I would want I wanted to talk about, and it was mainly um, it actually is relevant to you know Halloween and and Blumhouse and stuff. But essentially, I'd seen this. I think it was the night before Halloween came out, and it was yeah, floating around. Yeah. Okay. This thing came out. It was an interview with Jason Blum. I don't even know who did the interview. It might have been like Variety or something like that. Um, But it essentially sparked like this massive like backlash. And I was just like, what the fuck are people talking about? It was super annoying to me. But um, the article like was headlined by like Jason Blum can't make a horror film with a woman or something because there's no women horror directors. It was something really dumb like that. And it was, it was really annoying to me. Um, and here's the actual quote of what, you know, he said, he said, we've always, we're, we're always trying to do that. We're not trying to do it because of recent events. We've always been trying. There are a lot of female there. There are not a lot of female directors, period, and even less who are inclined to do horror. I'm a massive admirer of the Babadook uh, director Jennifer Kent. I've offered her every movie we've had available. She turned me down every time. Um, and there was another part of the quote that he said he offered another woman who uh, directed a horror film. I can't remember who it is. And people were like super mad at that very, very specific line where he said, there are not a lot of female directors, period. And mm-hmm. even less who are inclined to do horror. <laughs> and people got super offended by this. And I was just like, why? Why are you offended by this? There aren't a lot of female directors. There just aren't. When you compare it to how many men directors there are, there are not a lot of female directors. It does not mean female directors are bad. It does not mean that female directors can't direct. It just means that there's not as many people who have done it. That's all it means. It's not like it, he fucking said there's not that many female directors that are capable of directing the scripts that I am giving them. You know, if he had a yeah. s- flat out said something, you know, retarded like that. I mean, yeah, you could s- warrant the backlash on his ass for that. But, but honestly, but then I, like start I seeing agree like with script. that, though. I agree with that. How many how many films do you see? How many damn good films do you see directed by women every year? They, there's not that many. There's just not. Because there's not that many female directors. Yeah, exactly. It's just I like saw playing... like somebody like post like a spreadsheet listing every woman who's directed a horror movie. 
who's still directing films and it's like it's like 15 ladies so it's like it's not even that many people and if he's on record saying that he's offered some of these women you know scripts to direct and they've turned him down so what what the Mm -hmm. fuck's he supposed to do i mean i mean i guess he could go north here and and maybe offer the soska sister something you know they're they're actively working he has like worked with them or something i'm not even sure but just because just because there is the soska sisters out there right like that doesn't mean that he has to like that like he needs to track them down and make a movie with them just for the point of making a movie with a female. Like why why can't it be more organic and like natural? Like he likes so films have become gender person. complicated now. Become- it's stupid. It's so stupid to me. People want like, to be offended so easy at like the fact that he's like there's really- not that many female directors out there. Oh yeah, here's a list of forty five female directors. And by the way, I've looked at some of those lists and I'm like, okay, yeah, technically they directed a movie, but it's honestly a bad movie. I've yeah. seen the movie. It's bad. I don't. So I don't know. Understand this for one second. I mean, the way I've always looked at shit, and it's like real life. You don't hire people based on male or female. You hire based on. I mean, how you're Who supposed you think's to. Going to do a good job you on the it, fucking movie. Do it based on if they can do the job or not. Same with directing somebody. Maybe maybe their style doesn't fit this film, and it may be fucking you know six hundred. All of a sudden, you got to flip. Uh, you know slip in a woman there because she's a woman no yeah you know it it doesn't make fucking sense the best person for the job it literally is i've watched 300 movies this year so far right if i went through my letterbox and looked at how many were directed by women literally it would probably be one percent or under and you know the other fucking stupid thing about that is like like slumber party massacre is one i know that but the other stupid it's, it's thing it's just the facts man there's it, not that many it is it's simple facts the stupid fucking thing is is that the majority of people don't even they don't even notice half the time who's directed films like you know just general fans and shit do they really care not really i mean not i really. think it's i think it's a good thing when a female director makes a good movie because it's like yeah you're you're one of few you know but it's not just that too it's like look at our group. Like only like thirteen percent is is female. It's just the general, um, it, like community is just le- there's less females. Yeah. It's just statistically it is, less. Exactly, it is what it is. It doesn't mean females suck. It doesn't mean that females don't well, like. Well, well, let's not go. The, okay. it just, Speak for yourself. It just means that there's less of them than men. It is facts. There is less female directors than men. There are less female participants in podcasting than men there are less people females in our group less female horror youtubers it's just there's less statistically it doesn't mean they're bad and so that's that's what was really bugging me is people were like oh my god jason blum you need to fucking open your eyes or look past your office or something Uh, there's plenty of female directors out there that just need a shot i'm like yeah of course there is but i mean you ain't just gonna give a million dollar movie to this chick who directed some short film that you don't know, you know, you wouldn't do that for a guy. Like what's the point of doing it for a girl? It, it, it needs to be the right situation. It's because she has a pussy. Do you think honestly that what Jason Blum was doing there was trying to deny women's like trying to hold them back? Cause that's what I got. They're always going to flip everything based on gender, gender equality to the fullest. It's got us talking about it. It worked. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, 
nobody really gives a shit about this because everybody knows the facts that there is simply way less female directors out there. And probably, you know, just like some of the men, some of them just aren't qualified to do those jobs. Who knows? And some of them aren't even in the genres, you know? So it's really limiting, man. It's just anything to stir the fucking pot. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Really? It's pretty much what it sounds like. So... Welcome to the 22 shots of feminists and horror right now. Holy yeah, fuck. so uh, there was such like a prominent a... topic today. It's... It is. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, this type of shit, this equality and shit. I mean, uh, it's it's such a fucking topic that just Everybody's boils so my PC. blood. It boils my it boils my fucking blood because my, my the way I don't look problem. at I don't look at people, you know, with male and female. I mean, literally, best person for the job. I know that's only in a perfect world, but. If more people thought like this, it would just make a lot more sense. I mean, I mean, put it this way. Put it this way. If JP and Carly were both up for, you know, the directorial duties of my movie, I would probably take would Carly. Me. I would definitely no. take Carly. Carly doesn't know shit. She's she's dumb bitch. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I would too. take I would pick Carly because she'd probably be easier to work with. But, Jesus but let's Christ. Not be real. She is a dumb bitch. <laughs> that like that like hurt to say. I'm the only one defending so you, Carly. So I'd still pick you, man. Um, you said it, not me. I know. But my biggest problem with it was just the fact that it was so like wanting to be offended. It was just like Oh my God! Jason Blum said that, and I'm like, exactly. guys, do you truly think that Jason Blum's goal is to set women like hold them back? Come on! So man. who wrote the article? Yeah, by the it, way, th- was the wording of it a little bit uh, like, yeah, it could have been cleaned up to sound less of like rude. Yeah, but, but don't you she think did that not intend that, man. Journalist it, doesn't intentions amat- matter anymore. Intent, like it should matter. It should matter. I'm People sure they paraphrased him anyways. Yeah. yeah so. So there is a little bit of an update. He did respond to this, and I thought he handled it beautifully. He said, I totally misspoke. Uh, I made a mistake about it. Our audience is 55% women. The executives at the company are 50% women. I'm passionate about hiring women, and I totally made a mistake in the way I represented that. We already work with a lot of women. Uh, Chelsea Stardust, who is my old assistant, I financed her first movie, but I would like to work with more. I thought, look, dude, come on. Like th- that. And that's what I thought from the beginning. Like I knew he would come out and say like, no, dude, like, of course I don't want, I'm not saying that there's no talented women or whatever. And like, I could totally tell, right? Like it was totally one of those he things had to, where he had to, they re- were fishing for that. They were trying yeah. to get him to say something yeah. like that, you know? And it's fucking pisses me off, man. I hate Especially him because like everything he's done for the genre, like, yeah, it wasn't for him. Think about where the genre would be. Like all these indie movies have made two hundred fifty million dollars. Yeah, there definitely wouldn't be this that. explosion yeah. and this resurgence and, and, of horror in the mainstream for sure. Would be no and fucking look, Halloween. And look at that. He funded his female assistance movie. How fucking cool, right? I mean, like that's that's not something that was out in the press, right? Like because it's like he probably just did that out of like. This is some bitch looking for a big break, so she's trying to write some shit about somebody that's super popular right now, stir up some controversy, get a fucking name out there. Yeah, a a fucking dude with a pussy. Pussy. I think people were just taking it completely wrong, and it was it was frustrating to me. Yeah, I was like, this stupid Jason Blum witch hunt is like annoying me. I even made a post about it. Hey man, he's what's popular right now, so you might you got to go after him. You got to get the dirt on the motherfucker, right? 
Yeah. That's the way it works. Tabloids. I, I like Blumhouse, so fuck all the haters. Um, that, that was a perfect time for a fart noise. Damn. Yeah. Right there. Blame JP. I, no, dude. I lost my powers. <laughs> so that was knowledge. All right. Yeah. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. They will say that I have shed innocent blood. What's blood for, if not for shedding? I like to dissect girls. Did you know I'm utterly insane? Have you checked the children? Children. What do we do? Why don't we just wait here for a little while? See what happens. Oh, yeah, getting into the dub, dub, dub portion of the show. What we watched, where we go round tree, review some films, give some ratings, and pass the torch. This week, I will start, and this is a Patreon pick from our homeboy, Mikey Fisher, who is a regular supporter of the show, and he always gives us the best movies in the world. Right, Jeremy? No, he's a fucking dickhead, (laughs) asshole, motherfucking cocksucker. You know what's fucked up about that? He loves you. Like, he's your probably biggest fan. I always try to talk him out of it, too, and he always like, no, man, Jeremy's awesome. I'm like, no. We're always like, no, he's not. And he's like, yeah, no, he is. I truly think he's gay for you, but. I mean, he wouldn't be gay for me if he doesn't keep giving me the shit. So every time I fucking watch it, it feels like a cock's going into my ass. So, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. It nice. is. These fucking piece of shit movies are so painful to watch. It feels like a cock's going in my ass every time I have to fucking watch it. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yep. Yeah, I don't know. He never seems to give me the complete shit. Well, They're no, never dude. like, you know, Academy Award winning. He films. gives me good movies. <laughs> yeah, I mean, these ones are always kind of like mid-level, but they're definitely not Jeremy level. I, don't know. I think you get the best ones, JP. But yeah. Well, you've, got, you've gotten a few that I've got. Like the uh, haunting of Re- Rebecca Verlani, the Olaf Entenbach film, Monster yeah. Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those were. I think those there were... might have been another one too. Yeah, that Monster Man. That was that was a good pick because I enjoyed that one a lot more than I probably should have. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man. So Mikey Fisher picked a film from 2008 called Death on Demand. Now I knew about this film, just never seen it before. To be honest, man, it was one of those films, just even by the title, Death on Demand, I knew right away it was going to have to do with technology and, you know, and I'm really not the biggest fan of, like, these type of internet streaming fucking technology type films a lot of the time, especially from this era, because they're just, and watching them 10 years later, they really, sometimes they just don't age well enough, you know, and, uh, but anyways, Death on Demand is basically about this guy, he's like, uh, pretty rich college type mongol mong you know somebody that's really like an entrepreneur essentially anyways he gets this bright idea that he wants to do like this huge web broadcast of uh this game show that he's kind of putting together basically what it is is he wants like three couples to play this game you know you got to find clues and then you know by the end of the night you, you find all these clues you win blah 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 but the catch is is that they got to play this game and it's streaming from this potentially haunted house where this guy had killed his, you know, his wife and his kids and a couple other people uh, years earlier. And it's supposedly haunted. 
So, of course, he gathers up his friends and, you know, these couples and everything. And, you know, they start streaming this shit live. And, uh, yeah, all hell breaks loose, of course. So, my thoughts on the film. Um, yeah, you know, the setup is pretty ge- damn generic. It's a technology film, you know. It's streaming, you know, in this haunted house and shit. Ah, this <laughs> this is one of those movies that, as I was watching it, it kept I kept saying to myself, I'm like, man, this movie sucks. And then something would happen, and I'm like, oh, it kind of gained back a little bit of trust on me. You know, it's it's not too bad. And then I'd be, and then something else would happen. I'm like, oh, this movie sucked or sucking. And then something would happen. You ever, you ever, you guys ever have a movie like that where it just keeps losing you, and then it kind of regains you? No, because yep. everything that Mikey Fisher gives me is complete shit. Yeah, so. th- this was one of those oddball films where I was like, okay, that's actually pretty cool. Now that's pretty fucking lame, but it had some pretty decent laughs in it and shit. And but the thing that was selling it for me was actually the kills weren't too bad. Um, so it had a lot of story though, man. The the killer that is haunting this house, of course, is conjured up through the very first thing that all what they do when all these couples get in the house is they have they hold this seance, of course. Like they couldn't come up with a better way to to you know to get the spirit and so they come up with this seance idea and of course it conjures up this spirit and shit like that but i like the backstory of the killer is actually pretty funny so the backstory of the killer in this film is he returns home from a uh an ice climbing trip and apparently he'd been attacked by a yeti in the himalayan mountains and it fucked up his mind and shit and like it it did something to him so when he came back from his trip he snapped and killed his whole family and shit. So the killer uses the equipment from his hiking, like, you know, his ice pick and, you know, his ropes and all that type of shit to kill, which I thought was actually kind of original because I'd never really seen that before. So that kind of gained gained a little bit of points for me right there. And the kills surprisingly weren't that bad. They were actually practical in this, which was another thing that was surprising because if you look at the cover of this movie, it looks CG to shit and just looks really fucking bad. Well, just wait till I talk about right? my movie. So it was one of those things, but, you know, the setup itself is very generic. The characters very generic it did have a lot of hot women in this one the order of deaths actually kind of surprised me too which also won me won some points because i wasn't expecting shit to happen but there was another thing in the storyline that actually kind of cracked me up they had this lesbian character and you know to gain extra subscribers and viewers and shit he hired on this porn star this famous porn star to you know to be in the house too and every time she had sex or hit on somebody or did something sexually with somebody she gained an extra five hundred dollars so like the whole movie we have this hot chick just hitting on women and <laughs> fucking guys and like some of the scenes were actually cracking me up man it was pretty funny um so you got that kind of sleazy aspect to it and shit like that but um yeah it's actually overall not a bad film i was expecting it to be really fucking bad it has a 3.3 rating on IMDb so I was like you know it sounds like it sounds about right for a Michael Fisher pick and uh but um you know again throughout the end of the film I was like oh my god this thing is so cliche it's got all these retarded like late 2000 you know tropes and shit going on but then the movie ends and I love the ending to it I thought it was fantastic I thought it was kind of cool and shit so you know not a bad movie man I'm gonna come in surprisingly with this one because I was back and forth with my ratings all over the place. I'm going to come into the six and a half because the movie left me with a smile and that's what it counts. You know, it was entertaining enough and shit like that. But you know, if you're into these type of technology, technology type films, give it a shot. It's, you know, it, it actually aged surprisingly better than I thought it was going to. So death on demand, six and a half out of 10. Not bad. Mikey didn't mind it. 
All right. I will go next. And uh, the first film here that I have is from D. Bouget 92. Uh, we have the disco, the disco Exorcist. Did you just say 92? Uh, from 2011. No, 2011. No, you definitely just fucked up, bro. What do you mean? D. Borgie 92? <laughs> Isn't it 86? Yeah, it's 86. No, it's 92, dude. <clears throat> Are you serious right now? Are you actually serious? Yeah, it's 86. I've literally said his name wrong every time I say it, and you're just catching on now. I've literally picked a different number every time. Oh, I thought you were Literally for said, years, I've know, been saying. I guess well, we, know, we already know I'm retarded. So. I guess we just proved I don't <laughs> Come listen. on! That was like my, my awesome joke that nobody ever says anything about, but I... Well, it's this, not really an J- awesome J- joke if J- nobody knows. This is JP's humor, man. He's just throwing out random numbers, and he's dying inside. He's just like... And we're all I like, literally, dude, you said his name wrong. every <laughs> single time like that I've ever said his name, <laughs> I say the wrong year. You know, like, now even when he was on the show. Usually when you have to explain your joke, it's usually not that funny, but now it's actually yeah, pretty fucking funny. <laughs> That's why JP doesn't make jokes. <clears throat> uh, that was another perfect opportunity for a fart noise right there. Leave a like on the video if you've known that I've uh, done that. Great. Now we're going to have less likes than we've already had these last two weeks. Great. Yep. More thumbs downs. Or thumbs down if you didn't like the joke. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. All right. So... The Disco Exorcist from 2011. This film is a film that is shot in a like <coughs> retro style. It's set in the, I believe, the 70s. Directed and it's, by Richard Griffin. Who's yeah, that? We, uh, the director that all of us got a film by. Yeah, we're actually all reviewing a Richard Griffin film tonight. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, this is um, you know, it, it it is it has like the old film stock, like ground grindhouse style, uh, where it's like you know the filter over it is you know all grainy and cigarette burns and stuff, and then it also has like a few moments where it's like missing scene. We've seen that before, um, but yeah, this one, this one is about a like disco king, like he's a pretty badass like disco guy. And he's, you know, kind of a ladies' man. And he's basically picking up all these chicks and doing coke. And I swear they mention quaaludes, like, at least three different times in this movie in different <laughs> sections. They're like, uh, like, you want a quaalude? Like, Lots just of quaaludes, like, bro. Which is, I, I don't really know much about quaaludes because that was gone long yeah. before I was born. But it was a popular drug choice in the in the 70s and 60s or whatever but i always remember and even probably the 80s um i i always remember hearing about it and it always sounded terrible like what what, it's like uh like it's like sounds like a sedative um it's a tranquilizer (laughs) isn't it yeah it's something like that but i i don't know i guess you get really high uh, his name is Rex Romansky, which I, I want to probably say is Roman Polanski's mashed together. <laughs> I don't know if anybody caught that, but it seems like it is. Romansky? No? Romansky, Polanski? Yeah, like Roman and Polanski mashed oh, together. That's like 100% what he's doing there. Okay. Sure. And um, I'm actually not 100% sure what the hell went on in this. I think he hooks up with this girl who happens to be like possessed or something like that. I'm not, I, I honestly didn't know what 
the plot was. It's been a while since I've seen it, but I'm pretty sure that he hooks up with this girl, yeah, that has these powers and some shit, and then he fucking ditches her? Yeah, and she's all pissed off. And then she ends up possessing him, right, to okay. get back at him. I think that, it's been a while. I mean, I just, <laughs> I just remember really liking this movie. I thought it was fun as hell. The, there, was some, there was some funny moments. Like, he goes to his family's house, and they're all, like, super religious. Yeah. Like, they, like I think his, like, dad is a priest, and his brother is, like, all, like, super godly and stuff. And it, it, that, was, that was a funny scene. I love um, all his movies I've watched total sleaze fest like there's yeah. just titties everywhere and um like doing coke off of chicks asses and stuff like that <laughs> it's it pretty funny um super low budget obviously uh i wasn't crazy about it but i thought it was better than i expected it to be like disco exorcist just sounds like an absolutely dreadful title just sounds so stupid to me but um it was it was better than i expected i wasn't super into it or anything thought there was some funny stuff like there's a scene where they're shooting a porn and uh the guy the director is really funny he reminded me of like i was like oh like this could totally be sean c phillips cool dude <laughs> like this guy <laughs> um there's some funny stuff there uh i'm coming in at a 5.5 out of 10 5.5 yeah you might want to rewatch it man just when you're by yourself and shit Maybe get I was by myself when I watched it. But did you get to, like, how many times were you interrupted? I just had to pause it a lot. But I definitely <laughs> paid attention to the whole thing. Like, I was yeah. able to watch the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, it, no, it's a fun one, man. It's fun. I always like that yeah, one. Yeah, it's not bad. All right. Let's talk about my lucky film that was given to me by that dickhead douchebag Mikey Fisher. Sean Darling, who directed, wrote, edited, produced, and did the music for, made this film called Grave Mistake in the year of 2008. And his little brother is the main actor in this film, who's absolutely fucking awful. And all his friends are in this movie. And it's basically a zombie film where we follow these two groups of people. We have uh, the you know, the brother named Alex and his drunken father, who is a racist, sexist, and wife abuser. And he works in this uh, mechanic shop. And he is, um, his, the little kid's really into zombies and things like that. How can <coughs> survive the zombie epidemic? And then we're introduced to the other group of characters who is part of. Uh, who are into cosplaying knights and and other medieval kind of characters. And soon, of course, a zombie apocalypse breaks out, and these two groups of people are joined together in an amazing fight for humanity with awesome, shitty CGI fucking head explosions and everything else that is absolutely god-fucking-awful in any film that's low-budget. The script is just absolutely fucking awful. It's horrible. It sounds like it's written by a 13-year-old, some of this dialogue and the love interest that fucking play out at the end of the film. It's just so fucking god-awful. It feels like it's written by me with the amount of fucking fart and dick jokes in this movie. It's fucking awful. But that's not the worst part. The acting is the worst fucking part of this movie. It is so fucking bad. And the fact that there's no fucking practical effects and everything is CG. CG the shit. If you guys have seen <laughs> Summer Massacre, which is a film that I reviewed a few months back, you know I talked about the horrible CG in that film. 
And this movie has the same level of CG. I mean, the fucking zombies, whenever they fucking get their limbs blown off or whatever, it's that just level? Oh my CG. god. It is so fucking bad. It is horrible. It's probably made for $8 on a weekend with no fucking but anything. Jeremy, Jeremy, I got a question though. How bad yeah. is the CG again? Oh, it's awful, bro. <laughs> God fucking awful. I have to give it, at least they went out and they shot it on location, unlike that movie I had to review last month where they shot everything onto a fucking green screen. But it doesn't really help fucking much when you have annoying characters and a horrible script, and on top of that, they can't fucking act, and on top of that, there's horrible CG. Mikey Fisher, I fucking hate you with all my, with all my fucking hate. You're a fucking dickhead. I don't care if you like me. You're still a fucking asshole for making me watch these movies month after month after month. And I want to know how the fuck do you even know these movies? I mean, anytime you get a movie that's written, edited, direct, directed, written, edited, produced, and music all in one fucking film, and you have your brother playing the main role who's about 12 years old and he can't act with the shit, I don't know how you find these movies. It's awful. One and a half out of ten for Grave Mistake from the year 2008. Uh, it was a grave mistake that I watched this film. Yeah, it's so weird too because all the films that he that he picks for us to watch are like from the same era. Yeah, the shit. It's like two thousand and five to two thousand and eight. Yeah, like yeah, like two thousand two to two thousand eight. It's like this weird era of time. Shit. Like, <laughs> I don't understand. Like, because Mikey's not even that old, so like, why is he stuck in that era? Why does he watch these fucking shitty films? It, it is funny. I said that before. How he he. All his recommendations are between 2000 and 2010. At least, like, shot on videos. Like, sure, those movies are bad, but they at least they have, like, heart and effects and stuff like that. These movies don't even have any heart. They're just fucking god-awful pieces of shit. It does kind of make sense why he's not into Blu-ray and shit because, you know. Yeah, he's, he, like, stuck it, in that DVD era. <laughs> yeah, in that total DVD era. Fuck, man. It's bizarre. Bizarre. Him and fucking Kyle should go get a Coke fucking assholes they both like those fucking shitty ass movies and that's another thing kyle said that uh he made some dick ass comments this week about me saying that oh that he replaced me on the show and that's some bullshit he was on like two episodes that motherfucker (laughs) he could go and suck my balls because he's a fucking tight pants fucking mofo and he says that the fucking he has more requests to do uh, disturbing cinema podcast than he has to come back on the 22 shots of moods and horror podcast and that's some bullshit everybody knows that moods and jp made that episode good and kyle was just a fucking sat in the background and not said anything like he usually <laughs> i thought he said like once or twice <laughs> dickhead <laughs> okay okay moving along here man uh <laughs> now i told y'all motherfuckers i was gonna do this and I thought about this last night, and I was like, I gotta do it. I just wanted to watch something else so I could have a third dub 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 for the week. And it came to me, and I was like, yeah, gotta do it. 2017 says on IMDb, I think it's brand new for this year. Eligible for 2018. A film called Adult Babies. Oh, I heard about this. I had to do it, man. I was so fucking curious on this film. Now, when you when you start watching, didn't you, re- didn't you talk about this already? No, I didn't you talk about something with babies and adults and diapers or something? I thought I heard that on the show a couple months back. Not this movie. I hadn't seen this one, but I think I may have mentioned it or something. Cause yeah. Just the title. It was just. I think I like know. you mentioned it on releases or something. Yeah, I think I think I did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so like when you when you start watching the film, the header actually says "Attack of the Adult Babies," 
Yeah. Anyways, that that makes it sound like super cheesy, actually, even more cheesy than adult babies. But but anyways, the uh, synopsis of the film is basically these two guys break into this house and there's this family and there's like husband, wife and their kids. And uh, so basically they break in there and order this family to go to this like rich kind of country club type deal to break in and retrieve these uh, kind of special secret documents. So that's what happens. You know, the father's left behind because they tell the family members that they're going to kill the father if they don't go and do this. So, so essentially like five minutes later, we learned that it's not a, it's not a spoiler, but we learned that the father is actually involved in this. And, uh, you know, he sends his family out to retrieve these things, but then he soon realizes right after they leave the house that their orders were kind of fucked up and he might have to go there to help him out because something got all kind of screwed up. So anyways, this whole family ends up at this rich, wealthy country house where these older rich ass men, fat men, I should say, cause everyone has like the same body type. They're big bellied, fat ass. You rich totally old men. talked about this. And, um, no, I didn't. I just watched it for the first time last night. I know, but somewhere on the show. <laughs> so, so, and these guys are literally wearing diapers and acting like babies and shit. And they're all taken care of by these nurses. And they all, and the nurses have all these special requests to do. Like they're told that these guys are going to soil themselves <laughs> and how to dispose of the soil and shit. And it's just like really strange. Like what the fuck? So yeah, that's, you know, the premise of the film. So my thoughts on this one. Now, going into this movie, I thought for sure it was going to be the silliest shit I've ever watched in my life. Like, just ridiculous. And what I get was more of a serious film than I was expecting. And it caught me off guard. Uh, yes, there's very dark humor in here and stuff. But it's not that silly type, over-the-top, ridiculous shit that you would expect from, you know, a title like Adult Babies. And it's one of those films where you're watching it and all this shit's happening. People are getting killed and like all these weird things are happening with these old men shitting themselves and acting like babies and, and you know, um, people trying to get these documents and shit, but you don't know exactly what the fuck is going on. You don't know why they want these documents or you don't know why these old men are these, you know, wealthy old respected people are dressed like babies and doing this until the very end when they explain it. And I tell you, man, if you guys ever seen the movie chop, before you guys ever see that one no that's the bloody well, disgusting slug yeah well that movie might have the single funniest reveal in the history of reveals like i laughed so fucking hard in the reveal of that movie because the whole movie you don't know what the fuck is going on right? and then there's a reveal it tells you what well this is kind of like one of those moments where they explain why these old men are like why or what's happening here. I just fucking lost it, man. It was so funny. I got to give him props for being original here because it was nothing what I was expecting it to be. I thought it was literally going to be old men shitting and just retarded dick and fart jokes and poop jokes. And there's the odd poop joke in there and stuff. But the thing that surprised me is the kills in this movie were so fucking gory, not CG'd, all practical effects, and just almost mean-spirited, too. Like, people are getting massacred in this thing. It was pretty good time, actually. Kept me entertained through the whole damn thing because kind of had to, man. I really wanted to find out what the hell was going on in the end of this. And there's a really cool kind of claymation scene towards the end of the film. It may seem a little bit jarring. There's a dollar in the jar. 
uh, because, you know, the movie's not like that, but I thought it really kind of added this strange element. And the ending was fantastic, too. It's it's a little bit ambiguous, to be honest, but I think if you kind of read into it a little bit more, you know exactly what happened. Uh, but overall, it was actually pretty fun, you know? I mean, thinking back on it, I could probably even up it, but I'm going to give it about a 6.5 out of 10 also. Uh, I had a fun time with this, man. It's not as retarded as you would expect it to be. Surprise, surprise. So... That's adult babies. Check it out if you can. If you like watching old men shit in diapers. <laughs> <laughs> we know I right. do. It's not so, really. Like, there's only a couple scenes. It's but oh my god. But I have to say though, there's one scene towards the end of the film that I know Jeremy would probably even get floored by it laughing. It's so funny, man. Oh shit. I laugh a lot, dude. But no, this shit like this scene. You, it's just the way they executed because they didn't overdo it. And the way they did it was so goddamn funny. I was just dying. How'd you watch it? I watched it on the internet. Oh, were you a pirate? Yeah, a little bit. Oh, yeah. If I find a copy of this, I'm going to pick it up. Because it's one of those very unique films. There's just nothing like this. It's very unique in in story and shit. It's fucking bizarre. But, yeah. Doll babies. All right. So next up for me, I totally forgot about this movie. Uh, it wasn't until you guys were talking about Mikey Fisher's picks that I was like, wait a minute, what did he, didn't he give me something? And I was like, oh yeah, I totally forgot about this one. Um, end of the line. End of the line, 2007. Yeah, I totally oh, see, yeah, you're forgot getting that he gave me this. Good films. That's a French Canadian yeah, this, film, right? This, is, this might be one of the better films that he's actually given me. Um it might even be the best. I really like that baby blue one, blues one that he gave me. That that one was really cool. Yeah, this is one I always try to recommend to people for you know, um, kind of under the radar Canadian. Yeah, cinema. definitely, definitely under the radar. Yeah. Uh, so this one follows a nurse who is getting visions of these sort of like demon-looking things. And uh, she goes to a subway one night where the power goes out when she's with a bunch of other people that are in the subway. And they start getting attacked by a religious cult who are killing people to save them um, because they're having visions of things and God and telling them to kill people and stuff like that, you know, like religious cults do. Um, And it's basically a siege narrative. Like it's kind of like a, you know, night living dead style, just a bunch of people hold up in different areas of the subway, uh, being attacked with the, by this onslaught of, of religious cult members. Um, and they have to fight to survive. And there's like kind of a, I don't want to say there's, there's an interesting ending. Um, but yeah, so this one, uh, I really enjoyed. I thought the cult stuff was really creepy. Um, it's played pretty serious. There is some black comedy in there, I would say. Um, there was some. There was like a moment where they, this they kill this kid, and I I don't know if it was intentionally supposed to be funny, but I thought it was really funny. Um, well, isn't and, killing kids always funny in films? No. And it's mean, always you appreciated. Seen, yeah, it's always appreciated. There's a funny kid. I'm just fucking with you, man. Uh, There's some funny what, Jeremy? Some funny kid stuff in the children that are hilarious. I think I've seen that before. Oh, no, no, no. I'm thinking of the such a, old such trauma a... one. Yeah. Oh, man, you want to talk about funny kids death in that oh, one? Yeah. That one's funny, man. <laughs> For sure. 
Uh, yeah, but you know this one. Uh, there's some there's some like decent gore. There's some CGI in there too. I think the strongest point about this film though is its setting. The subway yeah. setting is just such an awesome setting for a horror movie. Like super absolutely atmospheric, man. I love that. Yeah, I always it really said, man. Does. I always said, man. I I wanted a lot more films set in like subways and shit like that. They just don't make a whole lot of them. Yeah, that's an un- kind of expensive. Unutilized. That's why the tunnel setting. kicks ass. Yeah. I actually thought I owned this film, but I didn't. I had had it in my cart on Hastings like a million times, and I never actually bought it. Kind of regret that now because this was a pretty solid one. Um, I feel like I might need to watch it again in the future. I honestly, guys, like I, I mentioned this to Jeremy. I was like, dude, my memory is just killed from how many movies I'm watching. Like, I watch a movie and then in the same like two days i'm like six movies ahead of that movie and it's just a lot to take in but uh really really liked it um some some uh great atmosphere in the in the subway and it really does feel like it's like the end of the world or something because they show some news footage from outside and you're like holy crap this is gonna be bad like you're almost glad you're in the subway at this point but um you know, I love religious cults. Like, it's one of my favorite little subgenres because I find it actually scary. Like, religion, like overly religious extremists are scary to me. That's why I like stuff like Children of the Corn, and uh, we did a cult show actually. This would have been a good one for that. Jews scare um, me. <laughs> yeah, like I said, religious cults. <laughs> Um, that was really offensive. Um, but yeah, so. well, we can beat Jeremy's a Jew, right? Come on, we can. Yeah. we can throw the you bastard! Up. How dare you? I quit this podcast. How dare you offend the Jewish race? No good ass. Do you just call the Jewish Jews a race? Hmm. Yep, bro. Interesting. Don't you know it's a race? No. Thought it was Dude, a religion. It's a joke but... from what happened on our page a fucking while ago, you assholes. Oh. See, you fail at jokes, too. Oh, yeah. I do remember that conversation now. That's right. Good shit. Anyway, <laughs> That's good. <laughs> uh, I'm coming in at a solid seven on this one. Probably could go up, but seven for right now. You know, it's been way too long since I've seen it. I got to check it out again. I, I don't like the cover that much. The cover makes the movie look like not like like not what it is a little bit in a way. But yeah, yeah. I put it in a lot of top ten lists and I feel like I every time I put it in there, I just, well, two, really South, 2007 is a competitive year. If we ever pull that. So yeah. Jeremy. All right. I'm going to talk about my Richard Griffin film that Derek asked me to watch. And that is a film titled none of that from the year 2009. We did this like an impromptu direct none, spotlight. Yeah. None spelt <laughs> as in, yeah. This is a non-sploitation film, and I watched uh, Murder University a few months back. I reviewed that, and I I really enjoyed that film, and I was excited to watch another Richard Griffin film. And like I said, this is like a non-sploitation kind of a film where we follow uh, these group of nuns who are uh, destined to become uh, murderers and killers, and they're trying to... Um, hunt down and kill this leader of this Italian mob gang. And it's basically this one nun going from training, and she's trained by Gandhi, which is like a fucking hilarious scene where, uh, you know, the most peaceful person on earth is getting, you know, 
um, is training this nun to murder people with guns and shit. It's really funny. And ultimately, you know, she she's, she gets trained and she heads down to Earth to try and end this Italian mob group. And the mob group hires this black Jewish guy named Viper Goldstein to try and go out and hunt down this nun and stop her from killing and bringing down this Italian uh, this Italian gang. And, of course, you have pretty good effects along the way and just a whole bunch of batshit crazy religious commentary. Um, we have Lloyd Kaufman's in this film, and he plays the Pope. There's a bunch of Jesus jokes and a whole bunch of religious jokes on top of... Um, your typical non-sploitation nudity and things like that. It's just a batshit crazy fucking movie with a whole bunch of weird uh, religious references with a whole bunch of uh, high body counts. It's a weird movie. I know, Moods, you've seen it, right? Yeah, yeah, I own it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a it's, it's a it's a weird film, and I I I appreciate Richard Lynch because he keeps making all these weird films. It seems like JP has a grindhouse <laughs> style Richard film. Griffin. Richard Lynch. <laughs> Richard Lynch. <laughs> who who's that guy again? No idea. I don't, no I don't idea. know who he is. Maybe that's why I said his name. But uh, Richard Griffin, you know, JP's film is a grindhouse film. I had a nunsploitation. The last movie I seen of his was a slasher film, and it seems like he does all these different kind of. Uh, yeah, he's probably the most diverse indie director working right now. Like he does dips in every subgenre, man. Yeah, very he does cool a stuff. Lot, so I liked it. I gave it a six out of ten. It's fun. It's it's a grindhouse non-exploitation film. Yeah, it's but a- it's not as low budget as you think. Like he has like similar kind of aesthetics to like a. a a trashology Brian Dorian kind of a feel. If you guys have seen that movie, he has a similar kind of uh, character aesthetic. But his movies aren't aren't as lower budget, which is funny because these are pretty low budget. But his movies are like hella low budget. But they're that kind of that kind of level of comedy. If you like that, uh, you know those stupid kind of you know comedic aspects to your films, then you'll probably like it. It's good. I gave it a six out of ten. It's a fun film, mm-hmm. uh, and don't watch it if you get offended because you probably won't like it. Yeah, he definitely does the religious overtone jokes a lot better I mean, than... I lost my shit when I heard Viper Goldstein and it's a fucking black guy wearing a keypaw. I just about lost my <laughs> shit. Yeah, he does the jokes a lot better than Bill Sabub does, right? Oh, yeah. No more <laughs> dick sharks and three hours of naked ladies. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, all right, so moving along here. Um, I also have a Richard Griffin film and this was... I'd watched about 45 minutes of this movie before <clears throat> never finished it not that it wasn't good it's just i never got to finish it so uh oddly enough this is another film that derek had actually sent over to me a long time ago and then paid for me to watch so <laughs> i think this you're is a piece of shit i am man this is like the third or fourth time this has happened i feel like such a douche it's fucking funny man but um yeah so from 2013 a film called normal now, Jeremy was talking about Richard Griffin and how he, he, you know, he dips in a whole pile of different subgenres. This film right here is just so different than all of his other films. You know, he dips into, you know, comedy and, you know, slapstick, you know, straight action, horror, exploitation. This one right here is like dead serious. This is fucking dead serious. Very, very different, man. So 
this movie right here follows our main character, Jim. He is uh, the superintendent of the apartment building that he lives in. He, you know, kind of owns it with his brother. And um, so the thing is with Jim is that he is a serial killer. And this movie follows a series of interactions with his past victims, essentially. And it's, you know, dealing with, you know, them and, you know, and, you know, himself and his future. And he's basically trying to figure out who he is and who he isn't and shit like that. So that's a quick little synopsis of the film. Now, my thoughts on this one. Normal is anything but normal. You know, it's the title is referring to the character study of Jim trying to find out if he actually is, you know, a decent, normal person. But the way this movie is executed is so interesting because it doesn't focus on Jim as a serial killer. We, in fact, don't see Jim kill anybody in this film. We're dealing with the interactions of his victims in this apartment building through all these various scenes and the interactions with, you know, what they've done to what he's done to them and what he's going to do about it in the future. It's, it's a really interesting approach to a serial killer film because, you know, this one would probably come off as being more of a drama than anything slash kind of thriller. It's, you know, it's just filled with great dialogue. Um, Really, really good performances. Like the guy that plays Jim in this film, pulls off this role so fucking well like he's so damn believable in 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 uh in the character played by michael reed um another thing that richard griffin does in this movie was created one of the most aesthetically beautiful films it, it's you know for a low budget film he shot this one with the intention of being a nightmare hence his interactions with all his with all of his past victims in this apartment building and it's it feels like a david lynch film it really does it feels it's very you know uh david lynchian uh the atmosphere is second to none it's beautiful he uses a lot of crazy ass angles um there's a lot of metaphors in this film too and you know i think you if you really dug deep into the uh to the meanings of a lot of shit that's going on this one you could probably pull a lot more out of this but we don't got time for like two hour review um there's there's one thing i did notice in this film where his door is in this in his apartment building, right behind it, there's an exit sign. And the hallway's all lit up like red. Kind of like, you know, what you'd see in an Argento film slash Mario Bava film. That type of lighting. So he kind of took, like, the lighting from Italian films a little bit in certain scenes. Took the, you know, the atmosphere and aesthetic from, uh, Dave, or, you know, from David Lynch. And created this just amazing metaphors and shit. And I like that, too, because... He's having these interactions with all these people and it's just every couple of minutes it's you get the visual of exit like you need to get the fuck out of here kind of thing. And it's just got this impending doom to the to the film, you know, and you never really know where it's going because, like I said, he's dealing with these interactions and you're like, where the fuck is this thing going to go? But all around beautiful film. I really enjoyed this. Uh, I would have actually liked to have seen some of, you know, his. Uh, the actual killings and thing I think would have been kind of interesting, even though it's not what it's focusing on. It would have been nice to see something, but there's a really, really interesting aspect in this film dealing with his brother. I won't give anything away, but that was an awesome development in the film too. But uh, yeah, normal man, anything but normal. 
really, really good film. I think this is probably Richard Griffin's best made film and story. Uh, he didn't write this one. It's based off someone else wrote it, Lenny Schwartz. But he took this Lenny Schwartz. Yeah, what a fucking name that is. Yeah, and Lenny adapted Schwartz. this story into this film. I wonder if he's a Jew. Probably. <laughs> it sounds very Jewish, doesn't it? <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, if you if you like slow burn type, I mean, it's not necessarily a slow burn. It has that same type of imp- you know impending doom kind of pacing to the whole thing. But it's it's about interaction. So if you like dialogue heavy films with, you know, kind of makes you think it's a psychological drainer, though, man. It's like you're just like, what the fuck? Right. The whole film. If you like these type of films, give it a shot. Eight out of ten. Um, Griffin hit this one on the fucking he, he nailed it, man. It's really good. All right. My turn. Yes. All right. All right. So uh, final film for me is a who picked this i don't even remember who picked this sorry i don't remember who picked this i don't have it up in front of me right now what a was valid it? life what a dick black sheep too bad i don't have my sound effects or i can play retard alert <clears throat> go ahead i uh, can't remember was it fan of eli maybe i don't know uh black sheep from 2006 i'll save your ass you want me to save your ass yeah yeah would you please Okay, it's um, Rob Henkins. Rob. Thank you, Rob. Um, appreciate it. Um, I have seen this film before. I might have even reviewed it on here. I don't remember. Um, this is a 2006 New Zealand film, and this is uh, a Dimension Extreme title. And I had liked this film last time I seen it, but I was curious to see if it held up. Uh, it basically follows a boy who is on a sheep farm in New Zealand, where uh, his father dies and he experiences a traumatic event in the same day and it basically makes him have a sheep phobia which is probably there's probably a real phobia for it but I don't know what it is and uh, 15 years later he returns home uh, and he's going to sell his share of the family farm to his brother uh, but he doesn't know that his brother is carrying out genetic experiments to trans- transform sheep, uh, you know, these docile vegetarians, into ferocious carnivores who, whose bite can transform a human into a bloodthirsty demonic half-sheep monstro- monstrosity, which is how Wikipedia describes it, which I just thought was great. Um, and there's also these two animal rights activists who are trying to expose the brother for his experiments on sheep uh, and they accidentally unleash a mutant baby lamb which bites uh, one of the activists, turns him into a, uh, basically infects him and the other activist teams up with the kid from the from the beginning of the movie, now 15 years later to stop his brother, stop all the sheep and all that. Like dude, like honestly this has a lot of plot for a zombie sheep movie. Um and the movie itself is paced so well. It's just so well paced. There's so many great moments in this film. There's a moment where these two ca- these three characters are inside and a sheep just like bursts through like the door like uh Jack Nicholson the Shining style. <laughs> like and it's it's just like this startling scene. Um the practical effects are 
so good in this movie. They like even the beginning where the baby lamb bites the dude and it's like ripping on his face and stuff. It's a hundred percent black comedy. It's it's a comedy horror movie, a hundred percent. But there's a very dark comedy in it too. And it it just hits. It hits everywhere. I liked it more this time than I have previously, and I liked it back then. It honestly is a really underappreciated film because it's it takes this stupid idea which most most films that would try this i would think just are stupid like i i would feel like it would be super over the top and ridiculous the characters are never aware of how silly the situation is they take it seriously the entire time um and i love that it's it's incredible how the how the people react to this situation and and they actually have like good camera techniques and stuff that actually make the sheep look like scary. Like they're just standing there. And it's like, oh shit, we're surrounded by these sheep, you know? Um, fantastic, fantastic. I I really like this movie. I actually bumped my. I don't know what my last rating was. Could have been like a seven or something. But I'm coming in at at a uh, solid eight out of ten on this one. It's zoology. The phobia oh, or zoophobia? I mean, not zoology. Zoophobia. So zoophobia. that just lumps all animals together, pretty much. Yes, yes. I don't know why I said zoology, yeah. but yeah, zoophobia. It's a, Have it's, you guys seen this? Yeah, it's a fun flick from New, from New Zealand. Dude, it's so fun. Yeah. It's good. I haven't seen it in a long time, but I remember laughing my ass off in it. Though it's like ridiculous, super gory, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it's super gory. It, the I was really surprised at the pacing. Because it's just it nonstop things are happening. Yeah. Oh, and there's like a giant like Franken sheep <laughs> later on in the movie that's just great. It's just great. <laughs> <laughs> cool, Jeremy. All right. Last up, I am talking about Don't Look Now from the year 1973. Of course, directed by Nicholas Rogue, who went on to direct The Man Who Fell to Earth, very famous British cinematographer. This movie isn't a horror film, in my opinion, but I'm going to talk about it anyway. So, very influential film for the early 1970s. Uh, we follow Donald Sutherland and Julie Christie's character. They are husband and wife, and uh, one day their young daughter accidentally drowns and dies. And it brings a horrible grief over this couple and how they have to deal with the death of their young daughter. So they move to Venice because Donald Sutherland's character gets a job to restore a vintage church. And while they're there, they meet uh, Julie Christie's character meets these uh, these young women in a restaurant. And one of them's blind and the other one is her sister who takes care of her. And the one who is blind has a uh, psychic ability and... She talks to Julie Christie and says that she is be, trying to be contacted by their young daughter who died a few months earlier that we see at the beginning of the film. Donald Sutherland's like, fuck that bitch. I don't believe her. She's just a whole bunch of crazy bitches. And uh, he is ultimately seeing things uh, around Fennis, uh representing his daughter. She used to wear a red coat. And he was seeing a lady running around in a red coat and he didn't realize if he was just seeing things or if it was his daughter and, you know, things like that. Very similar to uh, a Polanski film. It shot very, very similarly to a Roman Polanski movie. 
you would recognize that kind of style if you're watching it. Um, it, it, it has similar kind of characters and themes of, uh, you know, inner, inner demons and, and, uh, breaking down inside after a horrible tragedy like this movie does. And that's mainly the main uh, theme of this film is how these two characters deal with the tragedy of their death. And, um, you know, that's clearly uh, spoken about throughout the entire film. And it's not really a horror film, in my opinion. Yeah, there's some supernatural elements going around with Donald Sutherland seeing this this somebody in this red coat running around Venice and things like that, but it's mainly just a a drama about these two people and and you know their their the strain that's going on in this in this uh, during their marriage and you know the movie has some really amazing uh, editing techniques. I think that's pretty much what the film is known for. It has some pretty uh, captivating and fresh sort of editing things going on with patterns and and color uh schemes very similar to the italian film the reds are very prominent in this mo- movie and of course it is also known for its pretty graphic sex scene in the middle of the film which is um pretty graphic for a film of the early 1970s it's it's pretty dirty but overall uh if you haven't seen don't look now it's a really well acted uh well-made film uh, if you like dra- dramas, check it out. I know some people are like, well, it's a horror film. I mean, sure, if you want to say that. I don't think it's a horror film, but uh, I still think it's a it's a really fantastically made film and really, really well-made movie. So check it out if you haven't seen Don't Look Now. Uh, if you like a Hitchcockian meets a... Uh, what the fuck the name did I just say? <laughs> uh... Polanski film. Fuck, I had a brain fart. Um, then check this one out. Too bad I don't have sound effects or I make fun of myself. I checked this one out. Eight out of ten. I liked it. It's my first time I've seen it. I think if I watch it more, maybe I would have a new appreciation or a more appreciation for it. But uh, from what I've seen, I, I enjoyed it for what it was. It's pretty good. And it has an awesome score. So check it out if you haven't seen it. Don't look now from 1973. I always consider it to be a horror film, but I get where you're coming from. Yeah. It's kind of like Burnt Offerings where it's a slow – it's not as slow as that film, but it's just a slow uh, character development kind of a film. Yeah, that that's mostly the 70s. Yeah. It's good though. I liked it a lot. Yeah, because it would you know, tell stories. Yep. But. Cool shit. And that right. is uh, what we watched. Yeah. <laughs> And now, our feature presentation. All right, so the time has come to the featured review here on the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror, episode 144. It's been a long time in the making, and it's finally here. That's right. Brand new 2018 Halloween. Blumhouse Halloween. Yes, a Blumhouse production. Yeah, we're going to... We're gonna have to call it Blumhouse's Blumhouse Halloween because yep. uh, yeah, I know they fucked up with this stupid title, calling it Halloween. That is so ignorant. 
How's it ending here? What else were they fucking supposed to call it? Halloween 2? But Halloween it literally has the same title as the original film. Anyways, directed by David Gordon Green, who is responsible for such classics as uh, Pineapple Express, I believe, directing? Yep. Yeah, I love that. Movie. Pineapple Express. Um, I think that's the only film I've seen him actually <laughs> that he directed. I've never seen Your Highness, The Sitter. No. Sitter's pretty shitty. Yeah, but so Straight yeah, out of hell in that period. So and, uh, written by Danny McBride, right? Yes, and yep. written by Danny McBride. Um, so Which yeah, you can see the comedy aspects. It wasn't as comedic as I was expecting it to be. Yeah, you know, yeah. I think when it was announced, people were like, "Wow, they're making a comedy Halloween film." Like, it, it, it's uh, not. It's not. You wouldn't even go as far to call it a horror comedy at all. You know no. what I mean? No, there, there's comedic elements in it, but it's not as ridiculous as yeah. I thought it was going to be. I mean, because Danny McBride is known for you know pretty outrageous comedy, right? So, yeah, but he was in Aliens. Yeah, he was the comic relief in that film. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> right, he slowly was. He lived so. Well, so. Halloween 2018 uh this is a direct sequel to the original 1978 John Carpenter film taking place in real time so 40 years later synopsis Laurie Strode comes to her final confront confrontation with Michael Myers the masked figure who has haunted her since she narrowly escaped his killing spree on Halloween night four decades ago yes so off the top of the show we kind of gave our brief thoughts about this new Halloween film being a direct sequel to the original yeah i'm still kind of i don't know what i feel about that but i'm indifferent like i'm cool with it but i would have probably preferred another way um just because i honestly it's so hard to watch these this this movie in particular and not think of the things that we know or seen or happen later it's like you still think those don't matter though i know but it's yeah it's a mental it's a mental hurdle See, to I get. Didn't, I didn't have that problem. I just, I just thought in my head, okay, there's no fact that, uh, that black thorn or none of that shit or anything like that. You just have to put Lesser it out of your head. No matter how hard you try to disconnect yourself from the rest of the franchise, you're always thinking about it because the the initial thing that got me thinking because I tried to go in this just saying, hey, dis- discredit the whole franchise yeah. just forget about the franchise all the other storylines all you know and blah 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 and then go in, and then as soon as they introduce you know her daughter in this film and her granddaughter and it's like it doesn't just instantly kind of get a little bit fuzzy well like, i think just... one of the one of the biggest hurdles in this particular film versus like something like chainsaw 3d or something like that yeah is that we've actually seen laurie strode return way later and have a similar family dynamic with a, a son like it's it's weird she's playing two different like timeline yeah. characters you know it's it's the same she's playing the same character in a different era yeah. twice that is completely different it's it's a weird situation it's because h2o that it really hammers home that like wow it's it's kind of a weird thing i had an easier time accepting it here though because this was a direct sequel to the original film if that makes any mm-hmm. sense. You know, I just kind of put myself in that spot. I'm like, okay, my mind frame is John Carpenter's Halloween is the only one that exists right now while, while I'm watching this film. And this one just happens to be a sequel 40 years later. It, it also was hard for you me know? to discount Halloween 2. 
Because like we know how Halloween two picks up right where Halloween the one left night. off, but the they're they're cutting that off. Yeah. So not not even the same night, like the same moment. Like Loomis. That's walks the like down the one problem I had. House. It's like they don't explain how he got how Michael got captured at the end of Halloween one. Yeah, like, I mean, I assume we know, they literally just capture him. He's weak. He's bleeding. There's blood. Yeah, but do we? But do we believe that as that would actually happen to him? Like, I don't know. I mean. Well, would you want Michael them? actually get captured? Did you want them to show that in this in this uh, Halloween sequel? I, mean, I think it would like I just mean, like just in a flashback type thing. Like it yeah, would have been cool if they made it like remember when they did that with Chainsaw 3D and they yeah. uh, like yeah. recreated the house and everything. Like yeah. it would have been cool to see that scene play out. Like have like somebody that looks like you know Loomis and like that would have that actually would have been cool. Like I I would have given mad props for. Doing I personally that. thought that they were probably going to recap not recap but you know give some explanation. Give yeah. us a visual exactly how you know they caught him and managed to keep him in, you know, captivity for the last forty years. Yeah. But we didn't get that. I mean, we got what we got in the beginning of the film. Um, oh, and also, Jeremy, to answer your question really quickly, you said, "Do you think that would actually happen to Michael?" Well, that's again, you have to discount the fact that this, this that there's no history. Like, it's a literally yeah. a guy who escaped one night, a regular guy, yep. and. And yeah, went on a killing spree. Well, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah that's but the thing. but He's according not the to legend of Michael Myers. Yeah, but according right to like you know all the fanboy Halloween peeps out there, you know he wasn't human. You know that seems to be the explanation for everything. And you know because even recently, I don't know how this happened. Obviously, because maybe the new Halloween film is coming out. But someone commented on our old video saying, "Oh, I'll explain why how Michael could drive," and it's because he's. The shape, you know, he's supernatural, and I was like, I fucking hate when well, people try yeah, to explain that. Really explain no, no, but that's it, that's like in the that came in the sequels. Like, I would definitely say there's some supernatural elements to him in the sequels, but like when you actually think about it, and they even talk about it in this film, which I liked. Yeah. So they say, like, what's the big deal about this guy? He escaped and ki- went on a killing spree. Like, there's way crazier things that have happened. Yeah, like if you really take it for face value, what he did, it's like he escaped and killed four people. Like that's not that big. Like there's mass shootings that happen where yeah. there's way bigger body counts. Yeah, in the bigger like, grand scheme of things, yeah, it doesn't seem that major. So exactly. So it's easy to it's, downplay. It's it for because sure. we know him as this legendary figure, but in this film, he's not that. Yeah, exactly. He's he's just a regular dude who escaped again. I accepted you know what that. I, mean? I accepted that. While it's I was kind watching. of interesting. Yeah, but don't it's we have? Don't we? Don't we? Don't we have something? Of a, like a supernatural sense at the beginning of the movie where all those all the loony people are going fucking crazy when Michael is presented with the mask. Don't, doesn't that seem that there's something else no, going on a little? Not at all. Mm. Really? Not even the slight. You don't I never got. You don't. You got a supernatural vibe. Oh, there's that is there's something else going. Well, how on is with okay? Michael but how not. is but how is it okay? Well, explain yourself, JP, because like I kind of got that too right away, and I was like. Because they're literally I, holding up this mask. Michael's got yeah. his back to the, you know, the um, loonies. The, yeah, no, not to the loonies, oh, but the uh, reporter. the reporters or the whatever. And mm-hmm. uh, and as he's getting louder, you know, screaming out Michael's name and shit like that, it's it's having an effect. I well, mean, it's it, because it, it he's, I, like if you go into you know anywhere, you know, people these like even if you have you ever been in a jail. Yeah, right. Sub, yeah, sub- like people just start screaming and shit whenever there's stuff going on, mm-hmm. and it's like they're but yelling. But you never for a though. second. But they never, are. They're yelling louder and louder. But they're yelling a, louder at, at Michael, and everybody's yeah. like reacting to it. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and, and it's, of course, and of the, course, they the could reason be you feel it's supernatural is because the way it's shot and the way the music speeds up and the way that it's like, like, duh, 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 like it's it's an intensity building, and you're like expecting something to happen. So that's why it's it's shot that way. It's to yeah. let you know that this is this legendary figure in this this like, uh, you know, this this evil is standing right there. You know, and there's always a level of supernatural by the fact that the Loomis and everybody's like he's pure evil. So there's always that force that's yeah. there, but I don't think that the filmmakers were saying like, yeah, this that he's he's like superhuman. No, I'm, I'm not ex- I'm not exactly saying that they were trying to say that. It just came off like that. Definitely, that was yeah. the intention. But you have to admit, though, I mean, it's like it seemed like something was going on there. But I personally, now, I don't think this is a spoiler or anything like that. But how the fuck did Laurie Stroh not know about the doctor, even though? She she's portrayed as being obsessed with Michael and knowing everything about Michael and everything that's happened to him over these years. How the fuck did she not know who he was when she when they first met? And he had she's to, like, a recluse. No, because she's she she's knows agoraphob- everything. But yeah. she knows everything about Michael. You would think what that is she, she would what know. is what examples do you have there of the, all the things she knows about Michael? I just feel like she's obsessed with Michael. Michael's her. She's whole obsessed life. with that night. She's obsessed with that thing that happened. She's obsessed with Michael in the sense that she can't move past him. But she, I don't think she's like obsessed as in like, you know, f- f- learning every detail about him. And it, she's How? not that. That's that's Loomis. You know what I mean? She's just obsessed with that night, that moment in time. She cannot move past it. But she keeps she she spent all this time fucking prepping or forwarding your house and everything like that don't you think she's a little bit obsessed with him she's a she's obsessed with that with it you, like there's a way to be obs- you're saying it is like she's obsessed with who he is she's yeah. just obsessed with the fact that he it, it tried to kill her she's mm. obs- i don't think she's obsessed with like him like she's not like she's not like well in this film she's obsessed with the fact of of killing him you know, basically yeah. protecting her life. That's, I mean, I think there's becomes a point where, you know, she's not got past the fact that, you know, he tried to kill her and stuff, but now she's obsessing well, with the fact that. Well, she's come to terms that it's been this long. She is literally never going to get over it unless she faces that problem head on. Yeah. But, like, she, but, there's but it's no noted peace. in the film that she wants him. I mean, the way, you know, what she builds and she pretty much wants him to get out. I mean, from she one perspective, it. she 100% yeah, expects because she has created something to do something about it. You know, yeah. they even noted in the film, like, hey, like you kind of want him to be out there so you can do something about it. But I mean, it makes sense for an agoraphobic person who yeah. has complete issues dealing with the and, and she's strong enough that she's got this mentality where if I deal with the shit head on and actually kill him, then I can finally be free kind of thing, you know, but. My God, dude, they turned her into fucking Rambo. <laughs> like, did they, though? Yeah, she's not I, like, yeah, dude. Say that, and she honestly doesn't do much. She just has guns. Like, yeah, dude, that's, they show, there's, there's like montages of her fucking target practicing. Like, she's cocking yeah, and loading. Yeah, but, but who doesn't do that? Like, I target practice. It, you know what I mean? Okay, it's, it's, of course. And of course. if somebody tried to kill me, you're damn right I'd be target But, dude, practicing. when you have an arse like this and you can fucking, you know. It's, it's but just, honestly, it's dude, very reminiscent of a Rambo character. Th- there is no arsenal. She has a couple bolt action guns and shotguns. It's nothing. It's literally like regular guns. It's, it's not like, 
you know, it's not even an AR-15, for Christ's sake. It doesn't you know? matter what t- – she had, like, at least a dozen gu- handguns and shit like that, booby Which traps. Which is pretty normal in the United States. Yeah, dude. Especially it's normal, if you've normal, been assaulted. Yeah, I'm just saying, but it's her attitude, too. Like, she's fucking gung-ho. She is – well, she's had Almost a lot a of time to think about this, though, but, right? So, like, of course, literally, that means years. she's like a Rambo type character, man. But like, no, Rambo just... implies that she's like a badass who like bullets just fly past her, and like she can't be like what? Like that's but, how I take Rambo. Like she's like over, over strong, over capable, over like she's she's she that never really has the upper hand except for one time. You know what I mean? Like. So I think that's the appearance that they're trying to give her a little bit. Like she's Yeah, I didn't see her as I Ramble. I just saw her as somebody who is prepared, who is determined. Like somebody who is determined and and has planned this a well, lot. Well, that's how you could associate with, you know, that's the contrast between the two. I mean, Rambo was prepared too. I mean, she's just But Rambo almost more, sounds like uh like machine a, guns like, like gun, it's, gunning like everybody it's over down. the top or something. No, yeah. just qualified to do it, you know. Like she's trained. Okay, yeah. It seems like she's been training. She's qualified. Like Rambo was a qualified fucking soldier, and that's kind of what, how I see her as a qualified soldier in her mission to destroy the evil. I don't even see that's her as that way. qualified, honestly. I mean, the okay. very first time that okay. she—I mean, that's your interpretation first, of it. But I think that she's the very the very first time booby traps that she has an encounter. She fucks up. Yeah. You know that that seems like somebody who's not who thinks they're really qualified and and has prepared a lot. You know what I mean? But you know, uh, and I don't want to get into the 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 end tail end of the film too much here before we get into spoilers. But you know, I I thought I thought that the 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 writing of Jamie Lee's character Laurie Strode was kind of what you would expect almost, and I I think it's very similar to like. Rob Zombie's H2 where Laurie Strode has like gone off the d- deep end but like that is like more emotional because she's still a teenager See, you know what me, I mean to me it would make a lot more sense like I don't know man if you can interpret it like it's been 40 years and the anticipation has made her even more anxious and she's losing her mind because it has been 40 years but to me if it was like ten years later, I could see her being in this mode still because it's still so fresh to the current or to the events of seventy eight. Mm-hmm. But it's forty years later. I mean, I understand there's mental conditions and a lot of people can't get over things and stuff like that. But man, like she's pretty capable, man. Like she's still there. People think that she's insane, but she's like in her fucking. She's in her hallway, man. She's in her mode. And I don't know, man. I, I just, think I. I, I mean, it's I think so it's a pretty removed. realistic interpretation to like post traumatic stress disorder, though. You know what I mean? It like how like how often do you know somebody who's you know gone through like a rape or something? And they have like fifty padlocks on their door. Yeah, of you course. You know what I mean? Of course, but I it's, mean it's usually currently. I mean, forty years later, I don't know. You know, I feel it, like some of I feel like some of that stuff never leaves you ever. It probably you know? doesn't. It probably doesn't, man. I mean, you know, we've all probably had things Think happen about to it, us right? that, that affected you, right? You're a teenager. You're 17 years old. Your best friends are murdered. Mm-hmm. And you actually go like actually picture exactly what happened in the original Halloween happening to you. That fight, that struggle, like and then to know that the person is still alive and still in- I think it's different though if the person you know is out there and not locked up in a fully maximum security uh, prison asylum type deal. I think that, you know, some people... But what if he's in the place where he escaped before? 
Yeah, but he, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, but I don't think he was. I, I mean, they don't allude to. Well, that. he is in the same place that he escaped before. That's Smith's Grove Sanitarium. Would that actually happen? I feel like they might move him, but oh, yeah, I, guess I know he, that certain prisoners go back to the same jail. They don't you think from. it's just very? Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? That is true. He is convenient that they're moving him. Oh, it's definitely moving convenient. him on like the, the night, night on Halloween. Halloween. Yeah, it's super convenient. It's one of my major. I was like, are you kidding me? Like, don't they, don't they like know what happened on that night? But see, that also is another one of those things where it's like, to us, it's Halloween, right? To them, it was probably just a day, you know, it's just the day that he escaped. Of course, of course. move him on the day, exactly. It's like two days earlier or something, but. No, but it's yeah, still it's if, still convenient I think, I think to the story. Try to maybe avoid the month, <laughs> you know, in general. Yeah, it's still pretty convenient <laughs> to the story, though, right? You know, you're gonna move yeah. him two days before. He's gonna break out. It's gonna give him some time to, you know, to kill some people, and yeah. But mm-hmm. but then but then you know, and I'll talk about this more. How I could kind of explain that away in in the spoiler section because I, I have thought of that, and uh, yeah, I mean, do you guys want like what what? Just overall, like, were you were you disappointed? Were you into it? Were you happy? Like, what what did you think? Yeah, I'm a medium level on this man. There's Me a there's a lot of things I did like in this film, and there's a lot of things I didn't like. Like, I liked the kill. The it delivered the kills. What the highest body count for sure? It's mid teen body count. I liked the kills. I really enjoyed the shots of Michael. There were some amazing fucking shots. There's this one shot. I forgot who dies, but uh, it's a low angle looking up at Michael, and there's a red light going on and off in the background. It's fucking amazing. It's probably the best shot of the film. It's so fucking good. There's like, a, there's lot, a of... lot of amazing shots of Michael in this movie. Those uh, are really the I... best shots in the film, man. Are some of those yeah. you know kind of far away Michael in the background, like yeah. the, the mirrored yeah. shot, the, you know, the mirrored shot of um, you know the the granddaughter in school with you know with Laurie out in the street and mm-hmm. shit, you know, from Halloween one. That was. That was that was cool. great, man. That, that was cool. I was like, oh my god, it's the same classroom, and, I, and the PJ teacher, Souls. I believe, was PJ Souls. Yes, it was. Yeah. I noticed Which it right away. Really I was like, cool. ah, PJ cool Souls. cameo. And, and, then, the, and the, the other the reference looks at the exactly end. the same with a mirror yeah. and, you know, shot. And, and dude, it's like, oh, and one thing that I liked about this movie, they play on it a few times in the movie. Like Laurie Strode is the Michael Myers in a way. Like she is the predator. Mm. and to her and he is the prey in a way and she's mirroring how like the things that he did in the original film with like how she's standing outside the school and stuff like that and there's another thing at the end of the film which i think jeremy is referencing as well where that's happening i I thought that was kind of a neat little spin on it like Mm. to be honest this is the best made halloween film probably besides the first one and the second one and probably zombies halloween but i think it's you know the the best made one and it's probably the best uh, opportunity we're going to have for a well-made Halloween film. I mean, those sequels four five and six and seven and shit erection. I mean, they're fine, but you could tell they're like low budget, not shot that well compared to this movie. I don't know. It just has a different kind of feel to it. I think. Well, also one thing that is done in this movie may be better than all of them, except for the original is, and we mentioned it earlier is the goddamn score dude like they use the halloween theme absolutely perfect like and they use like the ding 
like the little ting yeah. thing that they do good. They do a slower version of the Halloween theme, like dun 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 dun, dun. like, and mm. it's just like, wow, man, they they really like nailed every. And I and I'm not like huge to paying attention to music, but I notice how like on point every every like note of music was in this film. Like all like the, the cues were good. Film. The cues were good. All the cues oh, were yeah. good. I think all the. All the different variations of the main theme were good. Yeah. Um, what I, do just, you th- I just like when the credits came on and you see whatever the hell the, his name is. I love how they did name. that. Yeah, I love awesome. how they did the, the, opening- the reverse pumpkin. Uh, yeah. Uh, like it's it's almost like we're back. You know what I mean? Like the pumpkin's see, been dead for a while. And I now love the opening fresh. credits, man. But I didn't like how it led into it, though, man. Just with the whole... Uh-huh. Screaming, the Michael, cold open. I, I, I thought. Listen, and then I it, thought. Here, I told this to my friend exactly. Look, I swear to God, this happened. So, the cold open happens, right? And you're like, it sets up cool. It almost. I was like, what the hell am I watching? An Argento film or something? <laughs> like how the 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 tiles were all like checkered board. It like just looks something like Italian or something, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, what's going on here? And that whole thing plays out. First of all, it was I? I like the scene. You know, but the the result of the scene by the end of it, where it just like you know cuts to Halloween, uh, somebody started slow clapping, and I was about to clap, and then I was like, wait a minute, I was like, honestly, this don't deserve a clap, and I didn't clap, and I was like, Friday the thirteenth, oh nine, deserved a clap at that cold open. This the cold open was kind of weak, dude. Like dude, it, it was, was just, it was fucking cheesy, man. Like I, I don't this know is, about that. Yeah, that dude. Cheesy. Oh man, it was fucking. The way it went, it was. Oh man, it, it here was, we go again with the cheese. Here it comes was, the cheese. It was cheesy, man. Oh man, here we go. I fucking I said it right out loud. There. I felt in, in, in the intensity. No, I see, just I didn't. I didn't. I was, was, dude. I was. I had fucking read from like the opening scene, you know, until about three quarters away that scene. I was like, had goosebumps. I was like super pumped, and then it just it left me fucking not feeling anything. When that cut to the credits, I liked the credits. The credits scene was awesome. Credits, the first yeah, pump was totally cool. The music was awesome and shit. But I didn't care for like the way that thing cut into there. I was like, no. I thought, I, and I, I was really disappointed. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? I was like, cheese or that was some straight up fromage. But that's just my opinion. And, and then I like the I I love that they give nods to Loomis. That was very important to yeah. me. Going into it, I, yeah. I that was on my check off list that. of things I that, that they had to. Oh, they, so you're the well, new Loomis. You would think they have the to new do that, Loomis. But how many movies? Fucking, don't, oh my god, I can't wait to talk about him. The the yep. you know you would think that they have to do that, but seriously, like talk how many movies don't fucking movie? That so, fucking asshole. Well, I mean, um, it's forty years later, right? And Loomis is obviously well, he's dead well he know. would have been d- dead like in 96 well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I mean? they just they, <laughs> just they just you know mentioned him and you know he's passed away kind of thing which is yeah. good you know that's what they needed to do and that was something i was expecting them and i was hoping that, that, that they were going to do i mean how could you not though that would be a total mm-hmm. utter fail if you didn't mention bad. loomis because it's a direct <laughs> I mean, sequel to the first film you have to mention him right yeah. he's in the same position as lewis so it, it made perfect sense but they did it good they did it good they didn't overdo it now, I understand I like Loomis is fucking nutty. Like, he was crazy in the first film. I do not believe that he would pick that motherfucker to be his protege to follow, well, to keep his eye on Michael after he died. That's some utter bullshit. I'm sorry. I don't know. I, we'll I talk about that, that in a little bit because I, I have some hot takes on that. Um, but 
so I love that they do this thing where they're like, oh, like, isn't that dude like his sister or something? And they're like, no, that's just something that someone made up. Because <laughs> it's like acknowledging the fact that, you know, we for the like, that's what the series was for so long. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a it's kind of a commentary because John Carpenter, that was not what it was in the original film. John Carpenter just literally made it up for the sequel. Halloween too, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. That was kind of meta like right there. That was kind of cool. You got to know the storyline. Yeah. So, um What about the Halloween 3 references? Halloween 3 references were awesome. Yeah. Uh I was surprised about that. Yeah. yeah. There's a couple yeah, of them. That would yeah, that was me a little bit. Yeah, there's there's one there's a Halloween 2 reference. Um, where he get, where Michael goes into that old lady's house where she's like carving the ham. Mm-hmm. That happens at the beginning of Halloween Two, as we know. It plays out differently here, but well, I will say, essentially, the, I'm pretty. Sh- Go ahead. I was going to say, essentially, this movie is a product of a lot of different things from all the films, including zombie films. Yeah, there's a really. Lot of- I don't really see anything. See, Rob zombie Rob influenced me. in these movies. He messaged are, me too, and he's are, like, "Do you think there's anything in this movie that's?" Zombie influence? Fucking kidding me? Did he mention all three? Did he message all three of us? Who and ask us that? Rob. No, he never messaged me. Oh, so he doesn't like you, but he messaged me and Jeremy. Um, (laughs) No, but yeah, he he asked me if I thought that there was any like zombie influence in this film, and I said yes, there definitely is. Well, there's a there's a whole fucking scene, man. Christ. I mean, a whole you, scene. Yeah, you can't deny that shit. But oh, you mean which scene? The fucking gas station bathroom scene. Didn't they do a gas station bathroom scene in part four too, though? Yes. Yeah, but yep. dude, but this scene from Hall- or Rob Zombie's Halloween Two is pretty much fucking. It's almost the same shit. Is it? I don't know. I don't remember Halloween Two. I, I remember I you're talking about Ken Forey in the bathroom. Yeah. Yeah, that's a lot different though. Right. What are you talking? It's set at a gas station. Fucking knocking on the door. Yeah, but like I said, there's a gas station in the in the fourth one. His mask, and he fucking puts the overalls on and from the trunk and shit. It's like, well, I mean, where are you gonna get coveralls at? I'm just fucking. I'm not trying to explain (laughs) what's happening. I'm just saying it's pretty much the same fucking scene. That's not what I meant when I was saying it. Essentially, I'm saying that's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Um. I mean, I can see you can't see that direct comparison. Well, I can see that it's well, besides the fact that it's a gas station, I don't really. <laughs> what the fuck? Okay, whatever. And I mean, like, yeah, don't I, said the exact I, same thing. We we're like, what the fuck? That's like totally Rob Zombie's Halloween 2 right there. It was. Yeah, no, I, I get that. I'm not saying that it isn't. Isn't like, you know, like, I, I'm just saying that that's not what I was saying. What, what I think the what what like the influences that's more of like a a homage thing like all the other stuff like the halloween 2 thing i'm saying in terms of like influences i'm saying that the aggression of 
the Rob Zombie Michael Myers and the brutality yeah. is is much more in this film than any version of Michael we've ever seen. Exactly. It was it's like, straight Halloween too. And th- that's yeah, I, well, I mean it's a little bit influence. Nothing, this this does not this does not look like the Michael of Halloween 2, Halloween 3 or Halloween 4 or 5, you know. Another none of those exist, so you can't say that. I know, but I'm saying even part 1 though. Like that like he was this one is like brutal. Yeah, it's like, it's, it's, it's it feels like yeah because it, it feels like zombies years to dwell on it. It feels and like I, Rob I, Zombie's I, Halloween I Two that. aggression. It yeah. feels like Rob Zombie's Halloween Two aggression. I said the exact same thing, and you know it's yeah. funny how they allude I, in the film in this film a few times about how Michael's never said anything in the last forty years. Oh, he can talk, but he's never said anything or even mumbled a sound. They they bring that up a few times in the film, and then yeah. of course I don't want to give anything away, but you know there is a scene where something happens and I'm just like, Oh, there it is. I mean, you can see that coming a mile away, but anyways. So, yeah. So yeah, the like influence. the, the, the influence I think is there with the, with the brutality of Michael. Like he just wasn't like that in part one. You know what I mean? He, he's way more brutal in this one. And, and Jeremy brought up a good point, you know, where like he has a lot more, he like the first time he only sat there for 10 years this time he sat there for 30 years. You know what I mean? Or 40 years. So that, I mean, that makes sense, right? Like that's. Yeah. That's a lot more a, time to dwell on. More, yeah. A lot more time to visualize. It depends night, on the way you yeah. look at Yeah. Of course you can be dwelling on it for 30 more years or it can also do the reverse on you too and be like, fuck, it's been so long. I don't give a fuck anymore. That won't happen to me and you. It's a joke. Michael... Jeremy. It's a joke. <laughs> um, well, sorry. So, yeah, uh, but there's a shot that I was telling you guys about in the Halloween 2 reference. I'm pretty sure it's one shot, but it goes inside the house. You know, uh, you you see that what's happening around the corner, and then it's the reveal, and then it goes through the other room and outside the other. It, I think it's all one shot, dude. And it's I, I would have to see it again to see if I it's thought one about shot, that too. Was, I wasn't 100 percent sure if it was one or not, but no, it's two. Is it? Are you sure? It or is cuts it kinda... when he picks up the hammer. Yeah, that's true. I would have. He walks down the alleyway. The kids bump into him. The Halloween three reference. Kids bump into him. Turns around. That's not the Halloween three reference. The kids bump into him. Turns around. Walks down the alleyway. Picks up the hammer. There's a cut as he turns around from the garage and walks into the house. So there's a cut. Yeah. Okay, two, but two the, at least that house part is one. Yeah. Long scene. Yeah. Because that's more what I was referencing, but. It would have been cooler, I guess, if it was that too. But yeah, man, I, I thought that was great. Um, there's that scene where he's like in the wind, looking in the window, and then he comes in behind that chick. Like that's a the great castle. scene. Um, an amazing scene in where uh, a clo- like a closet. Um, they show that in the trailer. I just watched the trailer. No, you didn't. You watched the trailer once. No, I never it. watched the trailer before the movie came out. I only watched it after the movie came out. Um, what do you guys think about the little black kid? He's funny. Yeah. Bad Did you ti- think it ba- was pushing bad, it? Bad timing on the joking, man. That was one of the things that Dylan brought up too. And we both agreed. I was like, dude, the comedy, I mean, like you don't have to have that in there. I think it took it's away. Like I funny. think it took away from a really good scene. A potentially really scary scene, but they had to fucking throw in the comedy and they did it like four times. What What do you mean? What? Which part? Like where he's like, well, when the kid goes oh, running out, he's like, oh something. shit! He's like, oh shit! 
you know? Yeah. And it's like everyone's laughing and, it, you know, it just happens a well, couple times. Well, how would you assume a kid that age would act? No, well, I mean. Dude, generally, kid, it was meant to be fucking funny, Jeremy. No, it is meant to be funny. It's totally 100% written to make you fucking laugh. I'm not laugh. saying it's meant to be funny. I even texted JP and I said it was fucking funny, you asshole. I'm not saying it's not funny. I'm just saying, how would you? Then what do you ask? I thought about it too. How would you expect a kid like that? I don't know. Fucking scream and run out of there. He did scream and run out of there. Yeah, but it's because he said all shit. It's done in a comedic way, though, Jeremy. Wouldn't you say all shit if somebody like that was coming after you? I don't know. The kid was like seven or eight. No, most kids don't fucking swear. The reason that that it's funny is because it's a little black kid who says all shit. Yeah, that's why it's funny. Yeah, and and it was a build up I, to it, you know, with the whole smoking weed shit and stuff, and the kid was like cracking jokes and stuff. You know, you could see yeah. it coming. You know, that's yeah. why it was well, that's I mean, why it was that's, funny. That's why also that I was a little bit more okay with it because it's like that, like that character clearly cusses. Um, but I th- I was I was with you at first when I first seen it. I was like, I don't, I don't know how I feel about that. That was like, I laughed, I laughed, but I was like, I was like, man, I like it's such a serious moment you know what i mean that that's you almost I don't th- want that to be like that. but i don't know i'm, I know, I'm I kind didn't. of okay with it but and i i feel you i feel you i think that i think that See, they we discussed were this. stepping we they just, were stepping really close to pushing it too far with with a lot See, of stuff we we were talking after the film and we were talking about the comedic elements in the film and there's not like a shitload but there is moments like with with, with the kid who tries to kiss the yeah. girl. Yeah, well, that's fucking, that's fucking stupid. Anyways, um, that reminded me of like some straight like super bad or something. Yeah, that was yeah. fucking. Those I just wanted to punch those kids in the face with their stupid hair. Oh, their not hairdos. even that. It just their hairdos were so stupid, man. <laughs> you spend all this. You spend two, not a third, a fourth of the movie or a third of the movie with this fucking douchebag boyfriend. Yeah, and then he fucking disappears and he never comes anywhere. It's like what the you, fuck's going on? You don't spend that much time with them. People are overblowing that. Yes, you do. No, you spend, a lot you spend time enough time with, with them to, to think that he's a fucking decent they go dude to dinner and then he's cheating on her. And they go and then, to dinner and they go here and she meets Lori and all this kind of stuff. And then he she sees her kiss a girl. She He drops her phone in a block of pudding and that's it. He doesn't come to the rescue to save her. Yeah, well, Michael that, that, that was to get bullshit. rid of her phone. That was to get rid of her phone for the film. But, but why isn't he fucking coming to the rescue or something at the end it's of the movie? Him. Jeremy, because they fucking care about that. Jeremy, man. because they broke up. Yeah. He didn't give a yeah. shit anymore. He he was <laughs> he was a fucking douchebag. But I hate the, the whole relationship. Like, he wasn't that much of a douchebag, dude. What do you mean? Listen, he cheated on his here's girlfriend. The thing, okay? That's the here's meaning the thing. of douche. Listen, all you You're gonna fucking defend old fucking... fucks are have act like it's never been a kid before, dude. Like what the fuck you, are you talking you're a kid, about? You're drunk and you they kissed another girl. Him. Like oh fucking big deal. They that like it happens too. in life. They, they portrayed like him you're as a good guy. Thirty years. They per- you know it's I mean? how they portray him. They portray. They show him with the family as the good guy, and then all of a sudden yeah. he's doing this douche ass shit. And all of a sudden he's I drunk. call him how I see it, motherfucker. But like he was drunk. a douchebag with his douche ass fucking hair. He's got douche hair and he was a douchebag character. It's fucking but you, stupid. Know, you get what I'm saying, though. He was a kid, though. I mean, kids make mistakes. Has nothing like, to be with nothing to do with being fucking old, man. This is calling how it is. I'm talking about the way they portrayed him. It wouldn't even have mattered if well, he maybe was already. He is a good dude. But he was drunk and acted a dude, fool. That drunk shit pisses me off. It's not an excuse. But you can't you can't pretend you didn't have boys who who fucking yeah. did some dumb shit when they were drunk. And I also called him a fucking douche. 
Yeah, and and you deserve to be called a douche the next day. Like Dude, I'm like being saying, drunk like, is no. You what? still know what the fuck you're doing, man. You're he's standing on his feet. He's well aware that he's kissing someone else. You can make the conscious Dude, listen, decision I, not I, doing I 100% it. I hundred percent have done that. Like, and I don't think I'm a bad person. It's just I was young, dumb, and fucking drunk, dude. It's just yeah, but what you know it what, is. You know what makes like, the whole situation even fucking worse? That he is such a moron. He doesn't stop to think that, hey, my girlfriend might be 10 feet behind me watching this. Well, I mean. It's fucking like retar- I, If you're going to cheat on your girlfriend, at least do it when she's I not swear around. I have never been a kid, man. <laughs> dude, it's fucking logic. I just gave you a logical explanation for it. If you're going to cheat on your girlfriend, then fucking do it when she's not around. Does oh, that yeah, not make when you're in your sense? right mind, dude? He wasn't that drunk, dude. If he's on his feet and he's talking normal, he's not fucking all screwed. He was fully aware of what he was doing. He was just a douche. That's it. That trick was hot, a though. Stupid douche and a stupid. Yeah, douche. that trick was hot. For yeah, and I was saying they're going. Damn, that broad's hot. Why the hell is she not? Why the hell is he not with her? Yeah, so it's a hell of a lot hotter. Anyways, I wouldn't have been able to turn that down. I'm just saying. Yeah, they're. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck is with those kids' hairdos, but that that was the worst wigs ever. Like, dude, who <laughs> has? I, their, I which Halloween has the barn party? Look, who has the Halloween hairdos five like that, that? Has the barn party? God, is that ever fucked up, man? I don't, come on. Actually, everyone had terrible hair. No those, answers. Those kids of course. had terrible. Fucking Lori's hair was horrible. Well, I mean, she's I supposed to look bad, you. but what? I, I couldn't hear you. Of course. I said, which Halloween has the barn party scene in it with all oh, the fucking God. fake jump scares? Halloween yeah. 4. Yeah, it kind of had that feel to it. One yeah. of those. Um, but, okay, so I think we should probably... Want to get into spoilers now? All right. Spoilers. All right. So anybody listening now, here's your time to tune out. Um... But the movie's making eighty-five million dollars, so you probably should have seen it. By yeah, now. you probably seen it. So this, the, the, you, this is the conversation. So, oddly enough, a lot of the stuff that I didn't like comes from this section, the spoiler section. Um. So first of all, I did not think they. Now I know that you can make this work, but I don't think they made it work in this film. The re, the twist, the reveal that. This new Loomis is actually a bad guy. Oh, That's some poor shit. Oh my god, Loomis dude. would never pick that motherfucker to be his. Okay, here's my yeah, but, Jer- but Jeremy, explain that away though. That makes no sense. Like, I mean, you can appear to be a decent person and good at your job and stuff. Yeah, like that kid. But you have to remember, we don't know when Loomis died in this time. He, he could have been after. He could have been with Michael for so long that he, you know, well, just kind of transitioned to into being this, this evil way, person. Dude. Think oh. of it this way, and here's right? my take on it. Right. This guy, let's just say five years after the original Halloween loom, like he starts working with Michael, he's had so much more time with Michael than Loomis even did. And Loomis was kind of crazy after it. You look at, yeah, I just, you look at how he was portrayed in uh, Halloween two Rob zombies where Loomis is all like, or even, you know, let's say the alternate timeline, uh, the Halloween six, right? All the way up to Halloween six. Loomis is a fucking madman by Halloween six, but from spending so much time with Michael, we said it in our review, we said how crazy he was by that point. Yeah. So imagine spending 40 years with this dude trying to figure him out. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that is my one explanation on to how this guy could have changed in 40 years. You know, 40 years is a long time to change. I mean, is it plausible? 
Yes, it is. Is it fucking right? And does it work? No. It doesn't work, and here's why. They don't set it up well enough. There's one scene where he's like, oh, yeah, I just wonder what he thinks and this and that. And I'm like, dude, they didn't set it up at all, really. It's like it's almost like well, it just changed it on a dime. Well, they set one scene before where he's riding with the policeman. And he's like, yeah, he's like, I yeah, yeah I've always wondered. Head. I wanted to see him in his natural like and all this stuff. Yeah, true. He, but that's not enough. No, that's that definitely enough. is not it's enough. It's not. No. It's not. I I really, honestly, I was like, I was like, this is the reveal. Were you guys shocked at like, I mean, I guess when once, he put on the mask, I was like, that's some bullshit right there, oh, it's bro. Fu- it's fucking retarded. But were you guys shocked that they actually Buster killed Rams too? Be- knowing yeah. that, knowing that there's going to be a sequel, um, w- was it? Sh- were, were you at least a bit shocked that they killed off the doctor and they didn't try to like replace the Loomis and just have him later on down the road? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, we waited. Like, he's supposed to be the Loomis of this generation, and he's already fucking dead. That's how he's portrayed as the new yeah, Loomis. Yeah, but you don't have to have Loomis. No, I'm not saying you do. That's not what I'm asking. No, I'm, I'm asking not responding you... to Jeremy. Oh, yeah. Right. I'm just saying, are you shocked that they killed him off? Because now there is no I mean, association yeah, with Michael, right? I, I There's would... no association mm-hmm. with Michael, and we don't have that That Well, Loomis maybe he'll come lingering. back in the sequel. <laughs> with what yeah, no, no fucking head fuck no fucking head his death was brutal <laughs> yeah i know right <laughs> right fuck um but no yeah like i i'm i probably would like if i was a betting man and I, like i would probably be like yeah that that's a character you probably keep around for a sequel i just want to see uh, how they explain i'm glad they did because i didn't like him i thought he was really yeah, weak i thought that storyline was probably the weakest writing in the entire film you know mm-hmm. like honestly if they didn't even put that into the film and they just you know they they could have just avoided this whole thing. I just feel like it was such a disaster subplot in the film. You know, it almost feels like it doesn't too, go anywhere. That's, it almost that's what I'm saying. It's like a total it's disaster. Too basic for what this movie was supposed to be. Yeah. like it's like it's like come on, guys. Like I I know you guys can think of some like non maybe they have an like idea. that's some basic shit, dude. You know, that's be, like what you, that's what you would come up with in your first draft. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe maybe they're just that's trying like to get away from the whole association. I think maybe they're trying to get away with the whole Loomis Association thing. So they thought maybe, hey, we'll try this. We'll make him bad. We'll kill him off. And then we'll move on into like, we'll just write something different. Because, you know, like Loomis was a major force in the Halloween films, right? He, you know, he was always trying to stop him and shit. And I think they're just trying to disassociate themselves with that whole, the rest of the franchise, you know, and the Loomis character, which makes sense. But they just did it very fucking poorly. So here's the thing, Jeremy. So. You mentioned earlier that, and you we, and we talked about it that you would never transfer Michael on Halloween night or the day before. Yeah, or something I tried, like okay. That. Explain this yeah. way. I'm so curious my, on this. My man. my explanation was that this guy was in control of his moving arrangements. Huh. But was he? Though? I, it, yeah, but no, well, what's, I mean, what's the explanation? Like, to ex- evidence it, that's, that you have? that's an that's a good enough explanation to to yeah. excuse it, right? what's the evidence yeah but there is no evidence The evidence is that he is you know transporting him in the bus and probably fucking helped him escape and well, all that shit no no what's the evidence that he planned to move him on that night well because it like he's in control of but there's a whole bunch of other inmates on the fucking bus why do they listen to him well, I'm just saying that he probably like if you're in that if you're a Smith Grove Sanitarium employee, you probably have access to when the fucking buses go out. You know what I mean? Like that if you work there, 
you're probably going to have some sort of, I don't especially think you, if you've been there 40 fucking years or whatever, you yeah. might have, you might be able to fix it some way is what I'm saying. Yeah, you might be able to. I doubt it, though. I don't think you have much pull on when the well, bus is coming. Well, I doubt it in go. real life, but I'm just yeah. saying, like, you, you know, know another thing. Somebody speaking... makes that decision. Man, Spe- I think you're fucking pushing it, bro. So, I mean, okay, are you are you serious right now? You don't think that's a fair enough explanation? No, that is a fair, and I never even really thought of that. It's just they don't have any evidence that he, you know, but you but know, they don't have any evidence against it either. So the like argu- we so the argument that he works set up way, some things. So why couldn't he have set up that? Yeah, he's so. How does you know the bu- like the bus crash itself? I think that he probably had something to do with it, right? But this because... is what I'm saying. Like, I I was like question. I was like, it's kind of a fucking plot hole. Like, they don't show anything. How and it and, does. And and another thing is, I really didn't like the way they make set sense that up. Why Michael was... wouldn't have killed him? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly what I was alluding to. I'm like, okay, how the fuck did this happen? And why is he not dead? Because Michael obviously doesn't give a fuck about him. Yeah, because him. he wanted to kill Loomis. So it's like you would assume yeah, he would so want to kill would him just... too. But... Well, there's no reasoning with Michael. Like he doesn't care that you helped him get out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's – that's not But that was – I was trying to – like I was thinking about this all day yesterday, man. Like, but what... he has some kind of soul because he doesn't kill that little baby. If I was we... thinking about that a lot. Like he doesn't kill the little baby. So he has to have some sort of. I noticed that too, Jeremy. That's a yeah, very well, interesting. I noticed that bit, too. I, I, I well, I think that it was very, like that was a moment for, that was completely designed like that. Yeah. But what I, my, like it well, I obviously got me thinking were... why though? Like what? Why did the filmmakers put that in? Why did he not do it? Like what? Like you clearly, you know, kill the kid later on in the movie, so, or earlier on in the movie. Yeah. But so, it wasn't I, a baby though. Yeah. That's yeah, different. no, I, I tried to rack my brain on that, too. And I'm like, maybe they're just setting up because you got to remember, this is a sequel to the original. Nothing yeah. else has happened. So yeah. they're writing a different Michael right now. So that's how I chalked it up. But I 100 percent noticed that, too. I'm like, that's crazy. It's interesting. It was an interesting baby... moment. You know? He just like looks at it and walks by it. Yeah, it's like, hmm. But it does yeah, show. It's, but it does show us. It does show a, 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 a conscience. Kind of side to it him, shows you know? a conscience. It shows he yeah, knows the difference between he's right. definitely not a like completely mindless yeah it shows that he's not a complete sociopath and like you know he's he there's something or or does it just not is it just something that's not in his path you know what i mean like it's is it just some people in the houses weren't really in his path yeah that that is true and i mean there is other instances like you brought up where the kids run into him on the road and stuff like i mean yeah like why didn't you just kill them you know what i mean like it's just you gotta just slash and dash right there man (laughs) that would have been a scene right he just starts fucking hacking up everybody on the fucking street well my my explanation for that right there is where you could have started hacking people up on the streets is like he's 61 years old he's not as fast as he used to be so probably not the best idea to well, he definitely doesn't run in this in, in public right <laughs> so there's there there's a um there's one other scene that really fucking bugged me and it's when he kicks out the back of the police the police john uh-huh yeah window because they you know those are specifically designed to where you can't do that. You know what I mean? It's like if you broke handcuffs. It's like, well, those are literally designed to not do that. Yeah. It's like the sole purpose of them. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm like, he's 61. He just kicked out something that nobody can do. Like, I, I thought we were trying to be realistic here. Mm-hmm. Like, up, up to now, we just he doesn't have extra strength. That the only strong, part that it's the end. I mean, but you have to think about it again, like... I don't know how they're going to explain the sequel, bro. Well, without... we're going to get 
to that at the end, but let's save that for the very end. Um, I one scene that I actually loved. I love this scene, although I don't think it makes the most. It's kind of convenient that these people are there, the podcasters who are at this gas station that Michael's also at. Convenient oh, yeah. that they're there, but I love that bathroom scene. Yeah, I mean that's Halloween too. It's fucking brutal <laughs> bashing that guy's face in the fucking so, wall. So we we tried well, to discuss this. Too. We tried to discuss this, and I was trying to figure out the timeline in that too. So Michael gets to the the so he obviously follows those journalists from the uh, the cemetery, right? Follows oh, the journalist. Oh, oh, okay, okay, so here's so that the, actually makes sense. Oh, no, yeah, because no, no, because they see him standing. There. That's right. Yo, okay, so this is how he fought. But my question is, how did he know that they were going? So he basically kills that kid, and I assume he drives because he's way yeah. the fuck out. In the yeah. Okay, anyways, but yeah, my point, is, my point is, these journalists go to do that piece on Judith, which makes sense, right? They're, this is what they do. So did Michael go to the cemetery? to visit judith or did he just by chance well run he into did the... it before right but it's not explained it to me and the way but it didn't feels... he do it before yeah that's what he does in the first one that's the first thing he does he so by judith. so he just happens to run into these journalists there and then follow and then convenience and convenience also. convenience writing and then he follows them to the gas station where it's not as convenient as i thought honestly no but it, it but actually it's, makes sense no, now that i think but it is convenient writing though because they have they're the there at the same time because yeah. they they're there at the same time because they could have passed well they could I mean, have but there's each a, other but there's at least a purpose for them to be there exactly that's what i'm saying i thought he just showed up at this gas station that they were at no you no. just made it actually work for me no yeah. but it's still convenient though that they were it's there at the exact convenient <laughs> but it's still convenient right can you agree with that it's it's acceptable horror movie convenience yes. while the first thing was not that they just the happened to be a judas they grave to be, they had to be a judas grave at the same time that michael goes there to pay whatever the fuck he's doing his respects i guess i don't he's know he's gonna he steal her tombstone again yeah man. but um so of course and they're the ones that have his mask and shit so he follows him to the gas station we get that whole fucking gas station scene gets a mask and then we got michael myers that again. key thing was really out of character for michael how so J- just what i'm saying like he i that was like some fucking scary shit he yeah he can't he picked up a handful of this guy's teeth and dumps them over the thing that's like some fucking witch shit i've never seen michael do that in any of the films mm-hmm. so michael was driving again man he had a lot of He's pretty rusty, but he... Well, he pretty much drives through the entire series, minus Rob Zombie's films. <laughs> so he drives in four and five. It's still bizarre to me, man. The whole it driving thing. I love this scene in part two, though, when the fake Michael Myers it fucking crashes the car and it blows up. Ben Tramer. It's oh, the, man, it's, that's it's awesome. It's the funniest scene in the whole franchise, hands down. It's sad when you think it's like a 15-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, it's so funny. It just looks hilarious. Ah, <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah, All I don't right. know that. That was one of the big things. Yeah, the whole gas, the whole timeline within there, and I was like, "Hey, he drove there because they don't show that. They just show him standing in the in the cemetery." And I'm like, "I guess he drove there. He stole the truck after he killed the kid, which I actually felt kind of shitty for the kid, man. To be honest, I like yeah. that though. It felt that, that, it was dude, it was very mean spirited the way he yeah. kills that kid, and I was like, nice. But I like that, and that was one aspect of the film I really did dig in this 
was the aggressiveness of Michael. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, I, the, I like it too. When the best I scenes, like that Michael. Yeah, see, that's the thing that was, I think we probably talked about it in Halloween too, where Michael is so vicious and aggressive and shit. And I think, you know, okay. we got so that So we in this, call it H2. H2. So, and I like that they kind of grabbed that and took that influence from that because it created some really cool scenes like, you know, him walking around and just slashing people up and fucking be, dude, that fucking knife through the back of the neck was pretty vicious. Nah, dude. The bet because she's got kills. her back to him. Favorite kills in the film. Who's gonna go first? Um, probably that. I that? think. I think that one was a stand. I actually liked when the doctor got his head smashed. Yep, that's I'm a, my favorite. I'm a big fan. See, of those I thought kills. it looked a little too splattery. I don't know. It did. Oh like, my God, honestly, dude. honestly, it did look a little bit soupy. I won't lie. But yeah, I like kind it, of it looked, Yeah, a little bit. Soupy, but you but rarely still... see that in a mainstream film, like. A pretty good close-up of a guy's head getting fucking stuffed in. I was in. very confused about pretty the good. scene where, where you know, he pulls up there. They pull up, and the cops are like, "Hey, that's uh, you know, that's yeah. dash one three six one. Hey, Jerry, or hey, Jerry, um, is it because the lights are ex- obstructing their view, but they couldn't figure out what the fuck was going on and shit? And I, that whole scene seemed awkward to me. Like just oh, way- yeah. Well, no, it seems stupid to me that they would be like... They would just sit there and not... Yeah, like, that would be and like... not an do anything? Like, holy shit, something's up with this. <laughs> well, exactly my point. Like, if, if a cop is going to pull up away from you with their lights flashing yeah. and park off the road like that, wouldn't you yeah. just assume as a police officer with your training, you'd be like, something's you would rush wrong? down there in like 30 Especially seconds. after they called on the radio and he didn't answer? Dude, he's, spo- he's supposedly in his vehicle. Why isn't he answering? Yeah, like that whole scene is fucking stupid, man. I was like, this doesn't literally make any sense to me. Another great scene, though, and I agree, it doesn't. It, it I, I thought that scene was bullshit. Yeah. Another great scene is where um the kid is in the sitting in the dude's yard, and he's like, he's like, you know, doesn't realize shit, oh, yeah, and then he gets Michael. like stabbed, and then he like takes off running. That's actually a pretty intense scene. It's pretty cool Michael's because like. The uh, the he's, motion he's, sensor lights are going on and off. Yeah. It's getting slashed. It's actually pretty good. Yeah. And honestly, like the way he that kid, like he was kind of lame early on. He's obviously yeah. The whole lead up to that, that scene was super bad, though. But see, I my friend said something that I was like, oh yeah, you know what? You're right. He said like, dude, think about it. When you were like a teen and you're like just fucked up and you're like you're just like out of your like head a little bit and you're like sitting there and you're like, hey dude, like. Sorry, man. I'm leaving. And I'm like, yeah, that actually does feel familiar um, to like real life. But when the kid actually gets cut and he's like screaming his fucking lungs out because he's like <laughs> scared, that that was actually pretty scary. Like that was a good performance right there. Like it, it was like straight real sounded. Yeah, the kid was still a uh, douchebag. I mean, he's trying. Oh, to here hit- we go again with his douchebag. <laughs> well, what's wrong? I mean, you're, you're really his best friend. Just broke up with his girlfriend, and now he's trying to fucking dig in there. That's douchebag shit. Come on, dude. That's your fucking best friend's yeah, girlfriend. But that's I mean, douche shit, dude. Lot, no matter how you look at that. it. Come on, man. Yeah, but it doesn't mean that everyone did. So then everyone's been a douche at least once in their life. Yeah, you're allowed to be a douche every once in a while, it's especially like, when you're young. It's like excuse. That's like your number I one excuse. I always hate when people douche. try to chalk things up because they're fucking drunk. I hate that excuse more no, than I anything in the world. No. Young. Young and drunk. Those yeah. two things combined. Yeah, is we like, all did stupid of, shit when we were fucking jail, young freak. and drunk. But, I mean, come get on, Get out man. of jail, douche freak. I've done, like, um, like, way worse things than any of these dudes have done when I was a kid. Yeah, but there's worse drunk. things and then there's douche things. 
right? <laughs> They're two totally different things, man. You know, if you got all shit faced and went and broke every window in a house, yeah, that's you're an asshole. You're not a douche. You're a fucking dick. You know, hitting on your boy's girlfriend right after they break up five minutes later, that's douche shit. I'm I've sorry, literally man. stolen my friend's girlfriends. That's yeah, fucking but... douchey, dude. <laughs> it was douchey, but I was a kid. I'm <clears throat> See, not I, like I that. Have, I've always had a conscience, and then we've always had rules. Like, you just, there's a period. Well, like, yeah, if you break up with, also... if your boy breaks up with his girlfriend or vice versa, there's a period where you don't do anything until you know everything is over and done with. And, and I agree all, with you. know, And then, you. then you can dip. And you even get permission. Sometimes you like go to your boy, you're like, man, you, you know. Fucking Kara's been riding up older, on me, man. That is how we acted. But I'm yeah. saying there were points where it was just like, you know, you were just a douche. Well, luckily, I don't have any uh, experience in this conversation. <laughs> I was I was kind of a loser. <laughs> I'm just going to remain quiet because I've never stole anybody's girlfriend or had a girlfriend. So I'm just going to keep quiet. Uh, no, I'm so- dead serious. Like, I, I literally pulled that shit when I was... In seventh grade, like I literally stole my best friend's girlfriend. Yeah, but like, see, that's pretty young. Dude. I was You're just like, like what, man, she likes me. She was so hot. I was just like, man, she likes me. She's like, yeah. I, she's like, she she don't like so and so. And I was like, oh, dude, that's fucking awesome, man. I was like, man, I feel bad, kind of. Yeah, but I was dude, like, as but, a twelve oh, well, year old, over it. <laughs> you're, you're just you're not drunk. Was, you're just stupid. You know, like the, these kids are like, you know, what, sixteen like, to eighteen. I was like 14. You know, they're like fucking seniors. Like, I mean, come on, man. You know, yeah. you, you know the rules yeah, by then. Yeah, by then I, I wasn't so much. Yeah. So how did you guys feel about the relationship between Lori and her daughter and her granddaughter? Did you feel like it was I found written her strongly? with her stepdaughter, or not stepdaughter, the regular daughter, her just daughter. Um, there was a scene where she comes in after she knows Michael's out and she's like in the house with the gun and she's like, you, you would have been dead and blah, blah, blah. I like that, but I thought it was really stupid that she's not like, remember Michael Myers? He's out. She never says that. She's just like, come on, we gotta get blah, blah, blah. And they're like, mom, you're crazy. Get the fuck out of my house. And yeah. like, don't you think at some point she'd be like, Michael Myers is literally out. You yeah. know what I mean? Exactly. Like, Considering this is what she's been living just, her life for. Grandmother. Grandmother's coming. Here comes See, people Graham. had beef with that. I'm just I really joking. didn't. I really didn't. It's just like, yeah, it's weird that she calls her grandmother, but so, who made a good point? Um, Dustin. He said, well, that's kind of what you might call your grandmother who's never around and you've not really been close with ever. Call her grandmother? Yeah, and not weird. like a, a nickname or something. I don't oh, even I'll have to phone call in, your I'm going to have to phone into Watson and be like, didn't you learn that in grade eight that you don't say grandmother? See what he says. Yeah, you say grandmom or whatever. Yes. Yeah. Grandma, blah, blah. Grandma Lori. Yeah. <laughs> Who's, who says grandmother? They do in the movie. I know, but who talks like that for real? I, I think what. Who talks by saying grade what, eight and I'm going to phone in but the do, pizza But do yeah. you use the term grandmother? No. Exactly I mean, I my I fucking point, dude. No, but my point was that it. Like, well, my point was Dustin's point that. That might be how you call somebody who you don't really know. Yeah, it's stretching it, though. It's stretching it, though. I mean, I I never would even think of that. Like, it's weird it, to me. I don't know. I just wouldn't cross my mind to say grandmother. I've never, I don't think I've ever used that before. Yeah, but that's... I mean, I've never used mom. That sounds weird to me, and you use it. You know what I'm saying? 
but it's just just because that's what how you that's what, how people say it around wh- you. So what do you call like, what do you call your mom? My mom, mom? Mary. Or ma. Wait, you call your mom by your first name? <laughs> you call you call your mom by your first name? No. See, man, where I could, man, no, you you're get slapped. Serious. You're just trying to no. cover. Man, I would get slapped the motherfucker. I'm actually, I'm actually up. not. Man, my, my yeah, fucking... we have very different mothers for one, but. I understand. Um, no, I actually don't call her by her first name. I was just being funny. Uh, I call her Ma. Huh. So I never say, like, I, I like I'll say Mom sometimes. I never say Mom, never say Mother. Unless, unless I'm trying to get her attention, I'll be like, Mother. Yeah. Bitch, so please go. No, that's when you actually call your mom by, by her first name. I used to have to do that with my mom, man. <laughs> yeah, sometimes she was, hey, she was but... the fuck because my she would fucking ignore the shit out of me when I was a kid, right? So I'd I'd actually oh, have I didn't to stay, hear you. I'd have to say fucking Deb, Deb, Deborah, and then she'd fucking finally. Well, our mommies have the same name. We're butt buddies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. Wait. Okay. So, let's see. Uh, what else? Can okay. So the. The, the 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 entire end sequence. I want to ask this question: Isn't it kind of weird that Jamie Lee Curtis has a fucking bedroom full of mannequins? Yes. What it is- seems like I know that she shoots them. Yeah, yeah I. I that's it's just what- like a weird place to put them. Is in an upstairs bedroom. Like, wouldn't you put them like, I don't know, like in, <laughs> in the garage? I was like, is, is there some friends, type though. of weird metaphor here that I'm missing with these fucking mannequins? Maybe I, she yeah, misses like, her family. This, this fucking- she misses her family. I didn't know what that was about. I thought that was kind of strange too. It's kind of put a creep yeah. factor in there because mannequins are a little bit creepy. I don't know, but yeah, there was a lot of them. Yeah, it's like Frank Zito's house or something. Yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Maniac <laughs> reference right there. Nice. Um, but yeah, so that was a little weird, but it led to a great scene. <laughs> I like the scene upstairs where you're like wondering where the fuck Michael is. You're like, yeah. huh. so I got a question for you, man. So since we're into the end scene here, I mean, we get a little bit of it throughout the film. She's got a uh, a remote control island in her kitchen that, uh-huh. that opens into basically a dungeon of doom. Um, but she's got <laughs> like it's so extra- me, it it's so me extravagant. Of Bert's, Bert's basement and Tremors. Like when you think of Rambo, you think of Bert and Tremors too. When he's in, sitting in his basement with fucking guns everywhere, <laughs> like that's Rambo. I just think you're 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 saying that she's like Rambo is a little bit far fetched. Like Bert, that's fucking Rambo. She doesn't. I don't think guns. so, man. I mean, she's fucking locking and loading down there, man. Yeah, but fucking... Bert, but she's like locking fucking... and loading a fucking uh, laser action rifle. It's not like a machine gun or something. Like What's the difference? It's still a fucking gun. A it doesn't matter fucking, what type of gun it is. It kind of does, dude. No, like if it you have it, it, like it's just a it's like those are to... just basic at, like anybody can get those guns like fairly dude, easily. It's you know nothing I mean? to do with the type of guns. It's the action that you're portraying in that situation. It's very heroish. Rambo. Well, so is that anytime somebody has a gun, it's Rambo ish? It's then? just because she's so fucking amped up, man. Fucking training. They literally it's just the way it's per, it's portrayed in the film. Right? I've never She's... fucking seen Rambo, so. Oh my god, here fuck are you fucking serious? You but can't... I know when I hear people say like Rambo, I just picture somebody going in guns ablaze and like like No, like, it's oh, not I'm like that. It's, Rambo it's the style. fucking it's the heroish aspect of it too, man. You know? And that's just what it came off to me, man. It, it was it was really intense. I, I thought her I thought her character was a little bit over the top throughout the film. A little bit mm-hmm. too intense. I mean 
you know, like you said, there's ways you can explain around it. But I mean, I'm looking at it like it's 40 years later. I get, yeah, you've been through some shit, but holy fuck, dude. Like it just, to me, it was just overdone a little bit. And then it go, and then it kind of confirmed where I was going with the overdoneness. It's like, but don't you got to kind of take it in a little bit of a new direction though? I mean, we've seen what 20 years later was like in that type, in that timeline, it's like, okay, so what we're gonna just make her that again? Like, let's make her a little bit more crazy, a little bit more like yeah, kooky, but, a little bit more. But that didn't more... happen, but that hasn't happened though. No, I'm saying, but you're gonna do the same movie again, is what I'm saying? Like I know it hasn't happened, but I'm like you're doing the same thing. It's years No, I wouldn't later want them to do H two O because I'm not like the biggest fan of that, but but I don't know, man. What do you think about the booby? Because traps and that's shit? I don't. It was fine. I just think. I just think it's a little. I just think it's a little bit bullshit that they're trying to. We're gonna try and beam in the bullshit that Michael's still alive. I fucking laughed so hard when as soon as those booby traps and the guns started flying. I was thinking to myself, I'm like, Dave Z has to be hating on this film, or he's a hypocrite because he fucking hates guns in films. And I'm I'm not sure what his stance is on booby traps. I don't think he minds them too much. But there's, there's a lot. <laughs> what is your stance on booby traps in horror movies? But I know you didn't, and I was just I was laughing myself. I'm like, Dave probably is fucking blasting this film for the gun action. JP's probably shitting himself over the fucking booby traps right now. Here, here's I, I couldn't the, here's help but laugh thing. about it. Right? I was like, fuck! I couldn't believe what was happening, dude. Like, here's the thing. Here's what. Here's because we had this conversation immediately after we watched the movie. I was like, I was not crazy about the booby trap thing. Like, well, I, it, I don't like them in movies. Um, on the car ride home, I started thinking about what the booby traps actually were. And aside from one of them, they're all something that any of us could put in our house. Like the 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 shutters dropping. Anybody can make anybody can buy that and put that in their house. Regardless, um, it's still a trap. That's not a booby trap. Uh, I know, but what the thing about booby traps that bother me is when they're like they feel like they would be not possible. I think can- like booby traps is something like somebody walks into and it activates. She's activating that herself. I don't really think it's a booby trap. I just think it's a trap. Well, oh, Jesus Christ, dude. It's we're still- not like <laughs> Yeah, you're right. Technically it's a trap, but it's whatever. A trap. Not a booby <laughs> trap. There's a difference. I don't think so, man. It still ends with trap. <laughs> I don't know. There's still a end result there. I just think booby yeah. trap I, is self-activated. Or a trap is self-activated and a booby trap is self-activated by the person who's supposed to be trapped. So A.K.A. booby trap. So, yeah, I'm not a huge fan of it, but I excused yeah. it enough to where I was like, okay, whatever. Um, now, let's talk about the potential sequel right like okay well we obviously know they're gonna make a sequel but do you think they set up do they do you think they already know how they're explaining this way do you think they might even shot something knowing that they're no, gonna I do don't, a sequel i don't think that they've shot anything but i can't do you think obviously that they i'm speculating already knew when they en- decided to end it like this do you think that they already knew how they were gonna explain, explain. it away in the future one how the fuck is he living? How the hell is he living? The whole house is up. I don't like fire. how they did this fire thing again, though. Bullshit! Like it just seems so unfucking believable to me. Like bullshit, dude. He's in a a trapped room, burnt. Like there's no. How's he gonna escape? Is he gonna? See, have I hate the fact, so but they the, show it. They, there's a fucking shot when that shit's ablazing, and there's a shot from in one of the ground shots up to where the stairs are, and he's fucking gone already. How is he on? The, did they show him on fire? I don't even remember. No, they didn't. They didn't. But they showed a. They, there's a quick little fucking edit in there, 
and they show yeah. the room burning and he's gone. At first they do show him down there. He's kind of looking up like, yeah. I don't give a fuck, I'm burning. Then it cuts them yeah. outside. It cuts to more fire blazing around the place where all the traps are set. And then it cuts back briefly for like a half yeah. second shot and he's gone. And I'm thinking yeah. to myself, where the fuck did he go? Okay, so one, there's a couple things here. We obviously don't know the layout of the basement, right? But you would think if she went through all the fucking effort dude, to set that up, dude, we have to assume. No, we have to like, assume that things. there's no way out of that thing, man, because that was yeah. her. That's her bomb shelter, man. Yeah. So the other thing is that we've seen him kick out a fucking police thing to steal and glass and like te- tempered glass, like oh, fucking here comes super the supernatural glass. thing again. So <laughs> it's like, <laughs> but that's my problem with it. That's how my the hell problem. is he going to break out of the fucking superhuman strength metal no. bars and w- walk out of the Maybe house? He just breaks through the fucking wood of the floor. You know what I mean? Yeah. But where does he I, I, go though? Fucking out the house the same way they did. Well, he obviously didn't come out the same way because they would have seen him, but. Oh, you get what I'm saying. But no, okay, so that, I mean, look, do you, I think that they would be fucking smart enough not to pull some dumb shit that they couldn't explain away later. Like, can we? But maybe that's their intention. They don't want us to be able to, they want us to sit here and think, like, how the fuck are they going to explain this away when really they know all along how they are? I'm hoping that's well, the case. Well, you know, come to think <laughs> of it, though, they must, they must have written something. In case this movie does really good, guys, we're going to write something. If we put this ending into the film, we're going to write something that we can write ourselves out of. I yeah. mean, they kind of gave that away with the, the post credit well, I wouldn't say scene, I would say yeah. sound effect. Yeah. Um which Jeremy fucking said he missed, but that's pretty funny. Yeah. But I was like, we waited seven and a half minutes for that. So you like, know you know they're definitely gonna have a way around this. Like well, they, they sh- have to they had to have planned for it. What I happened if it's all a dream sequence and Lori Strode's really in a mental hospital and she just imagined all Jeremy, this. Jeremy, you're not allowed to talk anymore. <laughs> See <laughs> No, here's that. the thing, right? Here's the thing, and I understand this, right? Because let's say you're making a Halloween film, right? Well, everybody knows that they're going to want a sequel, but that means you can never end your film, right? You can never end it with Michael dying or presumed dead because then everybody knows that he's not. So at least if you make it look as impossible as you can, at least it's like, Okay, well, that was like he died, but we know that, like, you know what I mean? It's a catch 22. You're like in a fucked up spot where you can't. And if you didn't, if you ended it with him just escaping, everybody'd be like, oh, fuck. I, you know, obviously he's going to do that. You know, they need to make another film. But ending it like this is like more definitive looking. But I'm just hoping that they don't fucking fuckery it. You know what I mean? Like, and make it something really fucking dumb. Like a dream sequence? Like a dream sequence. I just, I just hey, think if you I have a question. Smart. There's one thing. There's one thing that I noticed about this film. I haven't heard anybody else bring it up. So, and this could be not. This possibly, probably is nothing. So you know when Michael steals that car from the the dad and his son, right? The truck. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you guys know how they go back out. They run out of the house and they hop in the back of somebody's truck. Didn't yeah. it look like the same truck? Fuck it. And why is that truck there? She's clearly in a secluded place. Like it, it got me thinking that there might be that might be something with it, but I don't know. Wow. I no, don't know. Don't have an answer for that. But yeah. So yeah, dude, I have. I mean, I think most people are like, "How the fuck are they going to explain this?" See, and the only right way I can stuff, look at it, though. 
is if you're going to write something as almost silly as the situation they put Michael in at the end there, you have to be thinking ahead here, right? You would think that you already have a way out of it. Yeah. So I like the emotional moment where he's like looking up through the bar. It's kind of sad when he's like looking up through the, the steel bars or whatever and the place is on fire. That was like really touching. Good. Or something. It was just like a good moment. Great but show. I fucking don't like the ending in terms of just like yeah. the, the movie chops. No, I, I think the whole that moment was, was cool. You could have set that moment up in another way. You know what I mean? That moment was great. I love that moment, but I didn't. I didn't. I'm not a fan of the booby trap thing. It it takes me out of the film too much, honestly. Yeah. But it's it's a movie that has some missteps for sure. I was like, I actually expected it to be better than I actually ended up feeling about it. But I liked a lot of the stuff too, and I think what I got at the by the end of it is I was like, that was a pretty good movie. It's a pretty good a Halloween scene. As a Halloween film, yeah, it's pretty good, yeah. but it doesn't feel special to me. It doesn't feel special like Rob Zombies did or like H2O did to me. Like, because I like H2O, and I think that the ending of H2O is like one of the best in the series. It's a very strange thing when the film ended and we were discussing it in the parking lot. I was, if we had done the review right then, my rating was was higher. Yeah. Went home, thought about it tried to de- deconstruct some things and of course I had all day the next day at work yeah. which gave me lots of time to think about it and I'm telling you man I was like weighing out the pros and cons I'm like yeah I really like these things about it but there's a lot of things I didn't like and it just felt to me like there was more cons in this that were I kept coming back to that were bugging me a lot more I think yeah this film it shot really well I think the kills and the and the score were pretty much the highlight I think a lot of the subplots in this were so fucking bad that it just it ruined a lot of things for me. You know, and the ending is just the topper. So I don't know, man. I like okay. the I like the dynamic between Laurie and Michael. Um yeah, let's go into ratings. I'll go first. I did like the dynamic between Laurie and Michael. Uh like Moon said, I thought it was shot really well. I thought that that there was like the score was really really good yeah i think that a lot of the early stuff was good minus the very opening i thought it was interesting but i i feel like you could have done better with that for the opening come on it's the opening man i lost like goosebumps man i was like yeah yeah and then um i like the i like the halloween atmosphere that's in it it's not as thick as like part four no or part one or two or anything it's there it's just not that thick um, it, it's way thicker than H2O. I'll tell you that right now. Um, <laughs> which is one of the worst parts of H2O is it doesn't really feel like Halloween. Not as thick as either of the Rob Zombie films. Those oh, no capture way. it great. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, uh, I like, I love the, 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 I didn't feel like the town felt like Haddonfield that much to me though. Like it didn't feel like the same town as the original, even if it is 40 years later. Um, I, I like the Jamie Lee dynamic. I honestly could have done without the, that much of the the daughters things. Like I don't know, it was like okay, I guess. Like I liked how it all like culminate cum, culminated at the end um, with the three. But I just I don't know. I didn't think they were that strong of characters, especially the the regular daughter, not the granddaughter. 
I like the dynamic between the the granddaughter and the grandmother more than anything to do with the mother. Um, I thought the whole I I thought the between Laurie and her daughter was super weak. Yeah, no, it, that was that was kind of weak. And like they, um, they really made her a weak mom too, like how she's always lying about you know inviting her out and shit because she just wants her daughter to kind of stay away from her. And shit. I just it. it, it I don't know. I mean, she's supposed to be written like that. I get like, where you don't feel good about her. I get that. But, but I like, don't know. I just, you would think that, you know, you know, I, I think that whole thing where like the arc where like she, at the end, she realizes her mom was right this whole time. I, I just feel like it was either rushed or just not like done properly. I know it, it just felt, felt awkward, like basic. Right? It felt, yeah, it just felt like a little too basic. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, I, I think I, the, the booby trap stuff, I didn't like so much, but the whole end sequence up to that point, I loved, I loved Michael Myers grabbing her through the door and, uh, and her blown off his fingers and him being upstairs and like that whole thing. I was like, oh, kind yeah. of that actually reminds me too. So if there is a, I, yeah, he's not going to have fingers. He's yeah. not going to have fingers. So he doesn't have an eye and now he doesn't have fingers. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's so they showed, one. They showed, they, sh- I, I like that they showed so much of like Michael without the mask. That was kind of cool. Because it 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 kind of almost humanizes him a little bit, you know what I mean. Um, but a lot of people don't like that, but I kind of do. Anyway, um, I thought the bus thing was a little. I hated the fucking doctor, the the twist yeah. in the doctor thing. It made sense for like, okay, it makes sense how he got escaped and stuff. But I just felt like it was it just wasn't it wasn't set up, man. It just wasn't set up properly. Um, what else? Really quickly. Um, the uh the the score great what else there was something i had oh the scene with the babysitter i really liked it was it was it was cool M- maybe not the comedy at the end like moods had an issue with but the where she goes to shut the closet door that was great i love that where's uh, the titties oh, and and when she's like has the sheet over and he, oh, like yeah, that's kind of cool one too. Reference. That's a yeah, one I like reference. that. I like yeah, that. There's and some, the, the dudes are pinned up over. to the fucking wall, bro. Straight, Come on, straight Easter eggs to fucking yeah, every Yeah, that was film. great. The, the dude pinned up to the wall was great, though. I love. I, I always thought that was an interesting aspect that, like, you know, this film is direct sequel to the original one. We're supposed to kind of forget about the rest of the franchise, but it keeps reminding us throughout the whole film about the franchise it, it, wa- it wants to have nods for the fans i love it yeah. i eat that stuff. no no no. i like it too but it's Especially just interesting. The Halloween three stuff since it has nothing to do with the series yeah, yeah. i thought that was bizarre. and it becomes it comes like meta as fuck because like the halloween three references halloween one in like a non-film way on the tv you know? right? <laughs> yeah and then this one does it it's pretty cool i mean really uh, right from you know the opening scene and shit man i mean the old man is fucking nick castle which yeah. is kind of, which is kind of yeah, cool. Who played cool. Mike Myers? And the only so time cool. you see him is the first time Laurie sees him in the window. Is the only time that Nick Castle is wearing the mask. Oh, okay. Every other time it's somebody else, but the one time Nick Castle is seen wearing the Michael mask is when Laurie sees him in the window the first time. Yeah, he... it's that James. Oh, Duke that's guy. cool because it's like a reunion. That's yeah. where they first reunion. Oh, that's awesome. Um. That's cool, actually. And then there was a uh, damn it. You keep fuck. Ah, damn it. There was Just one. Keep your waiting. Talk about no. Damn it. There's one other thing I wanted to say. <laughs> um, I don't remember. Okay, I would just give my rating. Uh, so if I would have rated it initially when I came out of the theater, it would have been lower. I actually liked it more the more that I thought about it, and I do want to revisit it to see 
what I think about it after a second watch because it, I, I, it's impossible to say that hype did not factor into this. It's impossible. I was so hyped for it, and I was I didn't I expected it. Yeah, he spent eight dollars on nachos. He has to be yeah. hyped. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but one thing that this film made me do, and I swear to God, while I was watching it. It made me appreciate Rob Zombie's two films even more because I realized how unique they were, how special and different and and really how much depth there is to the, all the characters. And when when I saw some of the basic characters in this one, I was like, man, I I love Rob Zombie's movies even mm-hmm. more in the in the um, atmosphere that Rob Zombie's movies created. It was kind of lacking a little bit in this one. Um, but anyway, I'm coming in at an eight out of ten. I originally was at a seven point five, but I came up. Yeah. Well, I called your rating exactly. Jeremy. Uh, uh I'm coming in at a seven point five. I was between a seven point five and an eight. I'm thinking about it a lot. Uh after our discussion. I think I'm gonna come on in the lower end. So seven and a half out of ten. Yeah, this one, man, I dwelled on it too much, thought way too much about this film. Um, like I said, there's certain aspects, man. I like the kills. Pretty cool. But there's just too many things in this film I just fucking roll. I found myself rolling my eyes and shit way too much in this one. And again, it's funny that you bring up the uh, the Rob Zombie films and how it made you appreciate them. Because it's something I literally said too, you know. <laughs> I, I awesome. literally said that too, and I was like, "That's so insane!" You brought that up, but um, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I like this film. I just had a lot of fucking issues with it. Just the whole doctor thing was just so stupid to me. I hated the relationship between Laurie and her daughter, and and so I, that whole storyline felt super weak, out of like just awkward to me, for lack of a better term. One part in this film that really drove me nuts. Man, you're taking a long time with your rating. <laughs> what? Well, you said pretty much majority <laughs> things I wanted to say, but um, one one part in this film that really bugged me was <laughs> when the father goes out there to investigate and just gets fucking torn apart. I'm like, why? Why would you do that? I guess he doesn't believe in Michael. It just it's <laughs> it just. It's one of those moments where you're like, that is such a bad tropey situation, like or decision to make in a film. Like, of course he's gonna go out there and just get fucking slaughtered. You know, I just it bugged me that that happened in a film like this. You know, you're expecting it to be a little bit better written. Shit like that happens, you're just like, oh my god. Um, I don't know. What did you guys think of that? That I honestly don't isn't, even isn't this that. the rating section? We're going back into the discussion. I, I, don't, I honestly just, don't remember that part. She, he runs up, her fucking dumbass husband leaves the house and runs outside. I can't remember what. And then Michael kills him. Yeah, read on the front lawn. You know, to go yeah. investigate. That's a question. But it just, it well, seems so stupid. What's Mood's rating? No, where is the Jamie Lee Curtis's husband or ex-husband? Did they even bring it up? Yeah. No, did they? Well, he said... He, she had two ex-husbands, right? Oh, yeah, they do, the podcasters. Yeah. I thought that was funny that they were podcasters. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's right. They do too. But what kind of podcasters have three thousand dollars to waste on a fucking Laurie Strode interview? Uh, we do with the Patreon. No, we don't. No, we're just kidding. I wish. Yeah, nobody pays for interviews. I like how she actually takes the money though. It's pretty funny. But um, yeah, man, I don't know. I wasn't. I, I need to watch this one again. I liked it. I did not. I think love second it view is going to be cute, key with this one at all. But you know, when I left the cinema. I was in about a seven, and the more I thought about it and dwelled on it, I dropped down to a six. I was. Are you a, telling a me six? that movie you watched earlier that Mikey Fisher dude, made you watch dude, is you guys, a better movie dude, than Dude, can you fucking stop that, Jeremy? You are such a piece of shit, and you annoy people when you do that. But it's I, that is I, not comparing this movie to any other rating, dude. It's not comparing. Why do you assume that every rating is a comparison to a different movie? Because that's how you rate the movie. No, I don't compare this movie to other movies. <laughs> it's the rating I'm giving this fucking movie. JP was about to say he agrees with me, I might have to say. Damn. I, no, I I'm think just, there's a I, lot I of bad in this movie. There's a lot of bad in this movie. There's a lot of poor decisions. Are you sure this isn't coming from a place of passion? No. Dude, I thought about it for two fucking days. Because, like... You have to remember, he gave Blair Witch a three, JV. Yeah, but Jeremy. Well, that that's more believable, I think. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just thinking of the other films we've talked about in the franchise, like, like Halloween. I don't know why I have to be questioned every time I give a rating. Apologies for the break in our program. We're doing our best to get it back to you as soon as we can. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening to episode 144 of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror podcast. If you want to follow the man Moods himself, you can do so at youtube.com slash moods616. So you can follow the man JP over on his channel, youtube.com slash doubleshotj. You can follow me on my channel, youtube.com slash nesroller22. As always, leave us a question at our voicemail, 724 724- Four two six 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 five. But of course, we will not answer. And as always, if you have any questions, you can email us at the twenty two shots of moods and horror at gmail.com. It's twenty two shots of moods and the horror at gmail.com. And please join the Facebook page, Facebook.com search bar twenty two shots of moods and horror podcast. And please support the Patreon to get the sand sucked out of my vagina and to get the show two days earlier. Patreon.com slash twenty two shots podcast. And that's due everybody for episode one hundred and forty four. Other 22 Shots of Moods and Horror podcast. We'll be back next week with the big 1982 show with Exploding Heads. So stay tuned, everybody, for next week's show. Hope everybody has a good week, and we should talk to you next week.